1966, Andy Dufresne escaped from Shawshank Prison. All they found of him was a muddy set of prison clothes, a bar of soap, and an old rock hammer. Damn near worn down to the nub. I remember thinking it would take a man 600 years to tunnel through the wall with it. Old Andy did it in less than 20. back to episode 94 of Gundam at MAHQ, or what we've been calling Gundam 94. And uh, this is one of your hosts, Neo, joined always with uh, Chris and Solbro. Guys, say hello to all the folks out there. Hello, Gundam Nation. I hate you all. All right. Well, in this episode, we're going to be doing, be doing two uh, listener-submitted topics. But uh, before we get to that, uh, we're going to do some news because there's a whole bunch of news that came in. And I just want to thank everybody for submitting all their articles. But kind of uh, remember, we want to kind of keep some of these articles uh, mecha or sci-fi related, except for the Roroni Kenshin ones. Those are okay. Um, <laughs> just to make Chris mad. But uh, if, I didn't, if I didn't do your article on this one, don't feel bad because there was so much stuff here that I had to cover. So we only have... Uh, certain amount of time uh, we didn't want to make this a whole newscast so uh, but the first one here uh, comes from sweet d and uh, some admiral news and we haven't had admiral news in a while we always like admiral news and uh, you guys remember uh, what is it uh, the new show blood and chrome well it seems like uh, what's coming out here is probably not going to be premiering until 2013 so uh, all those people that want to see uh, the admiral as probably the lieutenant Back when you know he was uh, just getting out of the, the academy, uh, killing the toasters and stuff. Right. And uh, so you'll have to wait a little bit. So just keep watching those uh, Galactica Blu-rays. So uh, there you go. <laughs> Next uh, article here comes from Nasty Nate, and this is just some quick game news. But the uh, Gundam Extreme Versus crosses the half a million mark on the PS3. So that's uh, that's definitely some good news. Probably means that we won't get it still here, but um, you know, it's not hey. called Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to say Rob Wall. <laughs> Play with me, boy. <laughs> Save Play me, with boy. me, boy. Save me, boy. <laughs> All these GMs are getting me, boy. But uh, <laughs> so uh, that's definitely some good stuff. And of course, that's on the PS3. And remember, that is region free. So. There you go. Thank you, Mr. Nasty Nate, for your submission. And the next one here, I'm going to give credit to uh, three people, and uh, this comes into another thing I'd like to say. Please review 
previous posts before you post up an article because you might be repeating the same thing. Uh, so this is going to be from Gundam Type Zero, Wielder, and Prince Zeon. And they're very, very excited that there's going to be a uh, Code Geass movie project that's going to be coming out. Ooh. And uh, it was announced uh, Thursday, um, January 12th, that a film adaptation of the original Code Geass, Lucian Rebellion, is being planned. So, mm -hmm. uh, And there's also a film adaptation for... Um, it's it's and the, not the separate uh, Code Geass, Aikido, the Exile. So definitely uh, keep you posted on that. And um, you know, getting to be, Code Geass is always fun. So I, I saw the trailer for that actually before YouTube ripped it down, and it looked pretty cool. Um, so what's that? New sofa. <laughs> <laughs> now, how was how was the? Um, how was the trailer, so bro? It was it was pretty frantic. I mean, they showed a lot of clips and scenes. You could see that the uh, the nightmares are all in CG now, so um, that's a little weird to see. But uh, other than that, I I I I I thought it uh it so looked like Lucas more the uh, nightmares got Lucasified. The my nightmares got Lucasified. <laughs> but it had this crazy uh jazz music going on, like new jazz in the background, and yeah, that was some weird stuff. That was weird. Uh, mm -hmm. Interestingly, uh, General Hate expressed uh, some hatred for this. He's like, if it doesn't have Lelouchin, I don't care. <laughs> well, you well, know, I'd, I'd have to agree with the, the General. <laughs> it's you would as his dark apprentice. Yes. But, you know, I'm always open to see what it's going to be, too. So as long as it, if it could keep its own identity, that'd be great, too. But uh, Lelouch was such a magnificent bastard. So, um but uh, thank you guys for that submission, and thank you, Soul Bro, for your review of the YouTube video that got pulled down. <laughs> the review of the trailer. <laughs> the review of the trailer. <laughs> and Chris for uh, giving uh, giving the general some much needed uh, adulation. So thank you. Um, next one here comes from Saber Claw One X. I don't know what that is. It's probably some new mecha uh, that Okawara is probably drawing with uh, backpacks. <laughs> Might actually be the backpack. But um, Ryosuke Takahashi, you know who he is, right, Chris? You ever heard of him? Don't know who he is. Never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is going to be some cool stuff. He's going to be uh, the uh, the chief director for the new Lazy Mazumoto, uh project called Ozama. Uh, that's going to be uh, debuting on March 16th. So uh, that's going to be some good stuff there. And I'm looking at just the picture here. And, of course, it's got that great that great look so um can't wait to see some of that and real say takahashi he's done some good stuff right yeah, i think votoms man you think yeah, yeah. <laughs> you think don't you but uh mm -hmm. thank you mr saber claw one x for your submission uh next one here comes from as i'm scrolling down so much stuff so much stuff to read oh we got some uh legal news oh Might have might have to bring in um, uh, Chris Kardashian. Uh, <laughs> after this one. It's not my famous lawyer I could think of. Actually, I feel bad for that man. His stupid bimbo daughters are more famous than what he's actually done. But uh, <laughs> you mean Robert Kardashian? Well, you, you're, you're Chris, though. Well, well Chris is. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> but Chris, Chris Kardashian is his wife, though. Was <laughs> it? Yes. I didn't know yeah, that. So. That's why. You're, that's why you're. You're like confusing me. It's like, wait a second. I met Chris as in Chris Guanche, but we don't don't compare me to Robert Kardashian. Or F. Lee Bailey, then you're, you're F. Lee Guanche. I'd right. rather I'd rather be 
some some crotchety old white guy than some dead guy with slut daughters <laughs> that that are destroying Strike the fabric of this die. country. <laughs> and might be the da- some of them might be the daughters of O.J. Simpson. We don't know. <laughs> okay, uh, this is going to a place that I don't need it to go. I know. I know. Yeah. Uh, Gundam Type Zero. Uh, some good news here, or some actually legal news. Uh, this is coming from the Anime News Network. Uh, you Funimation or Funimation, as Solbro calls. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be suing AD Vision and all their little uh, shell companies that they created a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, uh, it's claiming that ADV's transfer of their assets was made to it, made with the intent to defer, hinder, or defraud the creditors of ADV. It basically comes back to um, Funimation had this um, this deal with a uh, ADV owned company called AMR or Arm Corporation mm-hmm. for some some of their animes and you know we remember what about almost two years ago when ADV went down and then they went into like Astro ninety two thousand and you know Super Sentai films and you know fourteen different things so you know they could protect all their stuff but. Funimation's calling them out on it, so they're definitely going to. Uh, this will be interesting to see what happens here. So. Okay, I got a straight talk on this because I was going to anyway, but since you okay. brought it up. Okay. Okay. Uh, so there was instant response to this, and you can see there's a very large thread on the ANN article. So I, of course, had to read this because I wanted to see what kind of lulzy responses there would be. Mm-hmm. And boy, were there many. So let me straight talk about this. Oh, oh man. Number one. Uh, people don't even know what the hell they're talking about. I saw a comment where someone said something to the effect of, oh, I hope if ADV is found guilty of the charges that, that they have to pay up. Like, no. Guilt and charges, that's criminal court. This is civil court. It's mm-hmm. allegations and liability. But then again, given the shocking level of ignorance that most Americans display about the law, Mm-hmm. I'm sure you could do like a Jay Leno style street survey, and, and I would not be surprised if a lot of people thought that you could be found guilty in a lawsuit and go to jail. Did somebody call me? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to do some jaywalking. Yeah. yeah. Number two, uh, people are just going off making all these like crazy theories about what this means, why this is happening. We have no knowledge of what's going on. There are no facts in this. All we have is yeah. the complaint from Funimation. And, and basically the by all the um the entities of ADV. When, when you when you have a com- happened. When, yeah. when you have a complaint, you're basically selling a sob story to the court and you try to paint yourself as the poor widow victim and the defendant is the big bad wolf who's hurt you so bad. Mm-hmm. And then the defendant will be like, No, because of reasons. <laughs> you know, we have to go through the whole discovery process. We have to go through trial, and the jury has to determine what the facts are. Um, you know, I see a lot of complaints about, like, oh, lawsuits are stupid. Like, well, you know, lawsuits, I'm going to say something that may sound very weird to some people. Lawsuits are the foundation of democracy. Oh, they're necessary in a lot of, a lot of times, too. I mean, because if not, if not, if not for lawsuits, how will we resolve our problems? Violence? You know, <laughs> is, uh, is Funimation going to send a squad of goons over to Sentai's headquarters where um, surely they must keep all of their money in an Uncle Strooge-style 
money bin in the form of mm-hmm. gold coins that John Ledford swims through. Yeah, and, and, and sometimes it's lawsuits are necessary to clarify what the law actually means because a lot of these laws are very vague and, you know, they you, you don't really know what their power is when it comes yeah. to specific situations. So. And on an individual level, people complain about lawsuits until they have to actually be in one. You mm-hmm. know, what if you own a house and you hire a contractor to remodel your kitchen and they do a crappy substandard job? How, how do you resolve that problem? Or you get hurt, or you get rear-ended by a high and die, like I did. You, you, know, you do it. You do what they used to do, man. Pistol, pistol duel at daybreak. Daybreak, man. Let's go. Let's go. No. Bring, let's Alexander let's, Hamilton. Let's take it back, man. <laughs> <laughs> if that was indeed Alexander Hamilton, I believe so. Like anyway, God. that's the, the lawsuits are an important element in a democracy. It's how you peacefully resolve problems and. The whole point here is that uh, this is a normal occurrence. Companies sue each other all the time, you know. Especially and I when, saw, especially when there's bankruptcy involved in yeah. companies. Uh, when I saw these complaints, people were saying like, "Oh, how could how could um, how could Funimation sue Sentai and all these companies when the anime industry is doing so bad? You know, they're they're jerks." And it's what I said before. People who have no knowledge of the law, they just assume that any lawsuit is inherently a bad thing, and whoever is initiating the lawsuit is by definition evil, Yeah, which is just so retarded. And the thing is, like I said, companies sue each other all the time. If you follow tech news, Apple is suing Samsung all over the damn world. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and they have complaints against HTC, I believe in the... uh, with the International Trade Commission. You know, companies sue each other all the freaking time. That doesn't mean that a company is going to be sued out of existence. You know, right. companies have legitimate reasons for suing others. And let's put aside stuff like patent trolls and all of that stuff that you hear about. You know, mm-hmm. if a company like Funimation that's generally on the up and up, if they're initiating a lawsuit against another company, they probably think they have good reason to do so. Whether they can actually prove that is an entirely different story. But just because they're out there suing uh, ADV and, and its you know Hydra companies, right, doesn't mean that they're evil. And just because the anime industry is doing badly, so what? They're still competitors. They're still competitors. If if you feel that you're owed eight million dollars. Then you have to sue because there's a statute of limitations on these things. What are you going to do? Let it slide? Like, oh, just be pals because we're both anime companies in Texas and the industry is doing bad and let's pat each other on the back? No. I'm sure they had a working relationship beforehand, but somebody effed up. And because of that, um, you know, if $8 million is owed to a party from the other party and and the one party is trying to just sweep that under the rug, it's got to be brought out into the open, and the only way you're going to do that is with a lawsuit. Yeah, but you got you have to remember, just because uh, they entered into a contract doesn't mean that, uh, you know, Funimation didn't know what the financial health of uh, this armed corporation was. So, I mean, they entered into the thing, and they're being told that they're going to have these this contracts going for X amount of time, and then all of a sudden, a year or so later, this company gets broken up. Of course, they're going to come back and try to recoup their costs and try to get everything uh, you know, they're seeing all these assets they don't have claim to because of the restructuring. So, yeah, it's... Also, uh, I saw complaining like, oh, what, is, what does this mean for us? And I would say nothing. this. To, it means stop 
Animes fans who are so selfish, stop thinking about yourselves for once, if that's, if that's even possible. This is not about you. This is way beyond you. Companies are not concerned solely about pleasing you unpleasable fans who will bitch about lack of dubs or because of dubs or will bitch about openings or cover art or every excuse that you can find to not buy something. So stop thinking about how this impacts you because it likely will not. Like I said, yeah. companies sue each other all the time and usually this has no impact on the consumer and I've seen articles comments on other articles on ANN like uh, Sentai licensing announcements people were saying like oh thank goodness at least they're still announcing new releases even though this lawsuit is happening yeah of course because business goes on yeah you know Absolutely. almost almost every month you read about like some weirdo or some patent troll suing Nintendo or Sony or Microsoft saying like oh we have this patent on this thing, and we want you to stop selling, you know, every Wii and PS3 and 360 in the country. It just never goes anywhere. Yeah. You know, and again, with Apple and Samsung, you know, they have all of these lawsuits about how um, the Samsung Galaxy Tab, they claim, is a ripoff of the iPad's design, which, if you look at it, it pretty much is. <laughs> but outside of Germany, where they got an injunction to have it uh, not be sold, that hasn't affected anybody anywhere. So stop thinking about yourselves and only yourselves. This is not about you. This has nothing to do with any of you anime fans out there. Yeah, and, the, and, and as the article says here, the first uh, pre-trial meeting is not even scheduled till October 5th of 2012. So a lot can happen, and, and you know these things are not resolved within a day too so i mean this is going to continue to go on forever so this these these issues yeah. go on for years because there could Lots be a there could be you know depending on i don't know the specifics of texas law but in a lot of um, civil cases in a lot of states you're required to do mediation or arbitration before you go to a lawsuit so they could have that they could have some pre-trial settlement you know, maybe, you know, someone on the ADV Hydra company side will say, hey, you know, let's not waste any of our time and money, cut you a deal. Or maybe yeah. Funimation will be like, hey, you guys want to move on, we want to move on. If for this amount, we'll make it go away. There could be that settlement. They could go to trial. Uh, obviously, at trial, somebody will win or lose. Regardless of who wins or lose or loses, somebody's going to appeal. Yeah. So this could very easily go on for ten a years. year and a half to two years at the or minimum. It could, or it could go on for ten years, <laughs> you know, yeah. just back and forth. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be so long, but you're never going to hear anything about it because, again, consumers, it has nothing to do with you. It will not affect you. It does not mean that Sentai slash whoever is going to be sued out of existence. There's yeah. going to be some sort of legal resolution either in the uh, – Probably in the form of damages, because that's what uh, Funimation is after. Yeah. But um, you know, I got to say, it's not surprising because you know, didn't we say this when uh, ADV was doing this little shifty shell game of theirs? Yeah, that's the first you know, thing I noticed when I saw it. I'm like, they're just shifting their assets. They're shifting their assets around to so, avoid creditors, creditors. and yeah. maybe you could easily do that under Texas law. But I'm not surprised that someone sued them because it's very obvious what they were trying to do and someone's not going to be happy about that i'm what surprised me that it took this long for it to happen yeah that that is surprising because uh, <laughs> you can see it's like they're not even trying to hide it you know sentai and all these places are exactly the same old company 
just rid of their previous debt yeah. to their creditors. So this was inevitable. If it wasn't Funimation, it would have been somebody else. So Funimation is not the evil monster for suing your poor, precious Sentai and ADV because the poor anime industry is doing so bad, and how could they? Oh, wah, 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 wah. Shut the hell up. <laughs> yeah. Damn, Chris got real on him, man. Open up that can. <laughs> it, it's, I, just, <laughs> I just get too fired up when I see such blatant ignorance over over uh over the internet and to the credit of the ann editors mm-hmm. you know they were jumping in that thread and pouncing on people for coming up with like ridiculous ideas and stupid theories with no evidence not only that but just the the way that they wrote the article it just ba- it just threw out the facts which was nice it was just you know um you know this is what funimation's saying this is what uh sentai is saying and this is, you know, this is the next step that they're getting together. So it's yeah. just routine stuff that happens, and and I will note that uh, it's interesting that outside of like the anime and video game communities, whenever a company sues another, you don't see people accusing the plaintiff of being like an evil, like <laughs> demonic monster. Like you don't like outside of say like on a tech site outside of say hardcore Apple haters. Mm-hmm. I don't see anyone saying that Apple is like the son of Satan for suing Samsung. <laughs> but then again, uh, most people I figure who visit tech sites are probably at least adults and have some knowledge of the law and are not, you know, basically like all of the kids and teenagers that hang out and who have no knowledge of the subject who hang out on anime and video game websites. So I guess that might account for the disparity. <laughs> yeah, and, and like you said, the biggest thing is that you know the the, the first question they always says is, "What's this going to do to us?" Well, it's not going to do anything to you, so just shut the hell up. So, yeah, and but. it also does not mean this guy is falling like, oh, Sentai and all of these other what you may call it, whatever their names are, are all going out of business. No, yeah, it's routine legal stuff. It happens all the time. So let's not have more of this chicken little like, oh, Sentai is going to be, you know, sued and they're going to go out of business and wah, wah, wah. But if they, if, they, if they did do this maliciously, then they do deserve to pay. So if that does happen and, and if Funimation, you know, it's found out they don't have the, the um, you know, the evidence to do it, then, you know, that's, that's the same thing there. So I don't know. Well, thank you for your uh, legal... Uh, interpretation of this article, Chris. And uh, thank you, Mr. Gundam Type Zero, for such a charged article submitted. <laughs> and uh, the next one here comes from Mr. Bushido. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think this is just uh, this is just a smoke and mirrors. Uh, w- I wish this would have happened, what, when did uh, episode one come out, Chris? I think 97. 97. This should have happened in 97. The hell are you uh, talking about? I don't even know what you're talking about. Uh, oh, sorry, episode one of uh, the Phantom Menace. Yeah, you're 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 not doing a proper lead-in, so I don't know what the <laughs> hell you're saying. Episode one of what? I'm not looking at the same thing you are. Uh, uh, episode one uh, of that show, that movie <laughs> of that show, <laughs> the Phantom what, Menace. That 70s show with <laughs> with with the sigh and the phi. <laughs> Yeah, this comes from Mr. Bushido, and this actually comes from the New York Times, and it's an article about George Lucas retiring. And it's actually, I would encourage people to read. years overdue. Yeah. (laughs) 
I, I would encourage uh, people to read this article because it is kind of funny because this guy is a little delusional. But uh, he, he does have – there's some snippets here. He's saying Ooh, he, Mr. Bushido or, or George Lucas? George Lucas. <laughs> not Mr. Bushido. Mr. Bushido is okay except for his Stormtrooper icon. Uh, <laughs> well, he's part, he's, he is a member of the 501st. <laughs> well, he should, he should have a picture of himself in his Stormtrooper armor then. I don't want to see some freaking English guy from 1975 in that. That, that, might be, that movie came out. How do you know that's not him? That could be him. <laughs> I how don't know. You, how would you know? You don't <laughs> even know what Mr. Bushido looks like. How would you know that that's... How could you tell that other way? So it's a mask. Well, it looks like a movie capture. It does look like a movie. Maybe, well, maybe it isn't. Prove it to Either us. way, it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. But uh, George Lucas did... It, it, in the article, though, he kind of leaves himself out for uh, doing a fifth Indiana Jones. Let's hope to God not. Um, and uh, a lot of a lot of this article talked about that uh, that that great uh, historical movie he just made, Red Tails. So uh, enough on that. So uh, yeah, let's hope that uh, George Lucas actually keeps his word on this one and he stays retired. Because <laughs> uh, when he should have retired, 1989, what? after the Last Crusade, <laughs> <laughs> before he before he could have poisoned his two franchises. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Just, just, just stay in the background and run your company with your video games and and your um, special effects. What amazes yeah. me about George Lucas, though, is that he won't allow or give the kind of freedom that um, Gene Roddenberry gave with his own uh, with his own franchise back when um, when Gene Roddenberry was alive and running the Star Trek franchise. Whoa, whoa, whoa hold on a second here. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Gene Roddenberry did not whoa. allow any freedom <laughs> to other people. He was excessively controlling. You think so? And- Dude, I, yes, I know so. I heard about this. <laughs> Whenever anybody touched anything of his, uh-huh. did something different from his vision, he hated. He did not like Wrath of Khan. Oh wow! Um, uh, on his death's bed, practically, he absolutely hated Undiscovered Country. Really? And that's wow. Because it was, according to him, it was too militaristic. Mm-hmm. It portrayed the Klingons. Uh, too humanely, and it portrayed Starfleet in too unflattering a light. Man, I I I, I, t- I take back my statement. Yes. I, I thought if you read give, the if you mm-hmm. read the behind the scenes on mm-hmm. Next Gen season one, they had a in the first two seasons of Next Gen, but particularly season one, they had a very high turnover of writers because mm-hmm. he would go in and rewrite stuff and make it really crappy. He had people like DC Fontana, a great writer. Yeah period but also from the original series mm-hmm. she left because she couldn't stand working with him anymore damn uh if you read like if you really want to know the truth about roddenberry mm-hmm. read up on his uh his titanic feud with harlan ellison over city on the edge of forever that i do know about i do know about that and um yeah and if you read i mean okay harlan ellison basically is an asshole yeah absolutely. but if you read like <laughs> If you read his story about uh, Roddenberry and how Roddenberry was always misrepresenting him and mis- misrepresenting his original script, mm-hmm. uh, it paints a picture of Roddenberry not being uh, this like nice, friendly guy that we think he is. The thing about Roddenberry is, um, you know, since he already got into Star Trek as an older guy, mm-hmm. he died when the franchise was getting really big and basically died with the image of being, you know, the great bird of the galaxy, this like wow. nice friendly guy, this utopian visionary when the reality was quite different. So, so you're saying, so you're saying he didn't if, live long, he didn't live long enough to poison his reputation the way George Lucas has. So you're saying if, if Roddenberry was still around, Neo would not see the, uh, the epicness that is uh, commander Cisco 
because D Space Nine would have never, never, never even been considered. By, well, if, uh, if DS Nine uh, existed, he'd mm-hmm. be bitching about it. No because doubt. Because you can be sure <laughs> that the very first, the first five minutes of D Space Nine, he'd be like, "No, this is garbage." <laughs> yeah. Starfleet would never lose, and you know there, there never, you know there'd never be this uh, single, fa- fa- single black father as a captain. And, Starfleet uh, would never do anything bad. Everything would yeah. be always happy, perfect. It's always aliens who are evil, and uh, you know Cisco would always follow the rules and never do anything on his own. And everything is just hunky dory. Oh yeah, the old Captain Cisco. Uh, let's get the Romulans involved. Uh, maneuver would definitely. <laughs> That would have driven him crazy. That would be a big no-no under. I mean, if he didn't, if he didn't even like undiscovered country, mm-hmm. imagine yeah. what he would think of Deep Space Nine. Undiscovered and, country is such an incredible film. I, exactly, man. So, I, I, the fact that he disliked Wrath of Khan and Undiscovered Country tells mm-hmm. you something a bit about his writing taste. Yeah, yeah. So it, don't forget it, also, he was uh, one of the guys who kept rewriting the first movie, and look at that. Ooh, first movie such a train wreck not, not and, only and, that but he'd probably go crazy about your uh, your boy jj abrams interpretation of uh, star trek would. too and, it, and that's what i guess that's what gonna take is gonna take for lucas for Sp- any kind of confidence Sp- spot going crazy and beating up uh, vulcan kids <laughs> you know <laughs> The, the, Vulcan, the Vulcans would never be racist. The Vulcans would don't ever do that. But Sleep, sleeping with Uhura, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. <laughs> tossing Kirk uh, a little pod out to to the ice planet. That'd yeah. be all sacrilege in his eyes. Yeah. And, uh, so, but when it yeah. comes down to it, it I, I honestly think that that would take for for Star Wars to grow out of uh, out of the red it's in. Um, Lucas is gonna uh, have to die first before that happens. Well, mind you, <laughs> God forbid. It's only in a rut. Mm-hmm. Creatively, depending on who you talk to, financially yeah. it couldn't oh, yeah. be any better. So it it's it's be. the destiny problem. Yeah, <laughs> you know that the destiny was garbage, jab man, but <laughs> it was incredibly successful. So think about it from the perspective of everyone at uh, at Lucasfilm and and Lucasco. Mm-hmm. No matter how many people think that their products are garbage, does it really matter given the many more who don't and keep buying every video game, toy, book, comic, Blu-ray, etc.? And and you got to remember for like some of the crap that was put out, like those uh, some of those little Clone War cartoons, they're not too bad, especially the ones that were done by the guy that did Powerpuff Girls. Mm-hmm. That that one was good, and and I've seen a couple of the ones now. I mean, I think you're thinking of 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 Gandy Tartakovsky from Dexter's Lab because he did yeah. not do Powerpuff Girls. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's Craig McCracken, if I remember correctly. Craig, yeah, Craig McCracken, that's right. But uh, but, but yeah, the the animated it's the same thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah, it's I, I I wouldn't hold your breath on Star Wars being getting any better as long as he's alive, and then probably even afterwards because. I'm sure he probably he'll probably find some way to have all the. I'm sure he'll have it, his last will and testament, specific instructions that you know every new home video format that ever comes out following my death, they must never be allowed to put out the original versions of the Star Wars movies. They must have the following crappy edits, and put in more Jar Jar and and more Anakin Skywalker <laughs> and and put in these edits for the next fifty years. <laughs> Just like how Steve Jobs laid out like the four-year vision for Apple before he died. Oh, wow. George Lucas will lay out the like 50 years of bad edits for after when he dies. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and have it where it's each uh, preceding version is destroyed. You yes. know, all the originals are destroyed. 
and uh, if if you could, you'd get stormtroopers to uh, get them out of people's houses. You know, <laughs> <laughs> man. So yeah, um, yeah. I was waiting as soon as Solpro said uh, that whole thing about uh, <laughs> Gene Roddenberry, Chris. I was, I was just I was doing the countdown. I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> oh my god. Hey, well, it's good to be educated. Hey, just like Chris educated those about uh, lawsuits, he educated me about Roddenberry. I had that vision of Roddenberry. I thought he was open with his shit. He, he was it. a master of projecting the image that he wanted, and and the fans lapped it up for decades. Damn, man, I feel like such a I feel like such a rube, man. Damn. And he he died before the internet, before all of these stories could get out mm-hmm. and have it affected while he's alive. So he he got the better side of that deal than George Lucas. He did. Didn't you notice that with the next generation, uh, Solbro? That because I've never really watched the series in its entirety, but I always heard the ones what was it like season one and season two where he's kind of more involved in. Uh, yeah, are the, not as one, good. Yeah, and then they got better and and tackled a little bit more harder edge topics. Yeah, the, than the, the, it's the 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 amount of his involvement in the writing is directly proportional to how much better the show got. Yeah, after he stopped being involved with the writing. The middle of season two is where the sea change takes place, man. And uh, you can you can you can see it, and um, not just Riker's beard, but just like everything. And by the time uh, season two is ending, uh, I must um, have, that would piss him off because he he yeah. wanted everybody clean shaven except for Klingons. <laughs> must have pissed him when Riker had the beard, the freaking uh, the beard of power, the beard of command, <laughs> the beard of awesome. <laughs> okay, guys, let's move on. We got to yeah, show I got a couple more articles here. All right, um, I'm just, just going to shut up. <laughs> Noir, uh, it's got an article about the new Super Robot Wars Z Part 2 announcement. The series that are going to be in it are going to be uh, the worst Gundam series ever. Uh, season 2 of Double O. Um, Tetsujin 28 Go. Uh, the new Gigantor is going to be in it. Um, uh, listen to our song, Micross Dynamite 7. Or actually, that was like Vagabond, um, Vagabond Basara. Uh, Macross Frontier is going to be in it. Um, Holy Flying uh, Nightmare Frames, Code Geass R2, and um, Who Do You Think I Am? Uh, Gurren Logan, the movie. So look for those awesome suits in there. Thank you, Mr. Vent Noir. Next one comes from Mechton GM and uh, all those fans of uh, Zone of the Enders. There's a, a HD anime intro te- teaser. That's available on Mechadamashi, so definitely go to Mr. Uh, Mechton GM's uh, link here to uh, check that out. I know we have quite a few one, and the last episode or the last article that we have here we might have to spend a little bit more time on this. This is a, a thing of awesome. Uh, Wielder gives us um, this is coming from the Anime News Network, and uh, this this is where I wish I was in Japan at this time. Uh, Legend of the Galactic Heroes Cafe opened up in Tokyo. Chris, your thoughts? It's to celebrate the 30th anniversary of the space opera novels. All I want to know is, if I order Yang's tea, does it come with brandy in it? As it should. It's served by a young boy. Served by a young blonde boy. Yes. Yes, and that's a good segue, because it's going to be serving Yang's tea, Frederick's crepe, and Alliance pancakes. So uh, you know, it's funny. I don't ever recall seeing Alliance pancakes in the show. Yeah, but as, as when I read this, I'm like, I never saw anybody really eat them. I mean, it was always that crepe, and it was always the tea. I mean, the tea was the focal point. Of yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't ever recall seeing pancakes anywhere in in that show. It's like I, I didn't know that pancakes were a standard issue uh, food in the military. 
Well, they, the, the uh, cafe. Maybe they're supplied by Space Halliburton on contract. Okay. <laughs> Space Bisquick. <laughs> Space KBR. Uh, the cafe is also going to display the costumes from the new stage play that is opening in Tokyo uh, this April. It's playing music from both the stage play and the uh, anime adaptation. Man, that's going to be awesome. I wonder if, if you walk in there, as soon as you meet somebody, their name comes underneath. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. That would really give you the... Uh, the, uh, the It'll give you the feel of Galactic Heroes. Oh my god, those super titles just come out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, the first 100 people who buy tickets to the play at the Nico Nico shop, one floor above the cafe, will receive an autograph from uh, Takanaka. His name is Runichi Takanaka. He's he's a uh, or he's the star of uh, of the show. He's going to be Wang Wang Ling Wang Li. Wang Li. Wang Wang Li. That, that sounds like a porn star name. <laughs> Fortunately, hey, baby, my name's Wang Wangly. <laughs> Unfortunately, the cafe is going to run from uh, January 21st to February 4th, and then from March 24th to April 4th. So, uh, I'm not I'm not planning to go to Japan any any of those times. But if anybody does, definitely get pictures of that. And um, don't send you know, them to bro. Yeah, don't. Huh. Uh, <laughs> send and. <laughs> Sent with me too, and uh, the stage play is going to have a uh, run from April 14th to the 22nd in Tokyo. So definitely, uh, it's definitely some cool stuff. So, but uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Wielder, for your submission, and thank you everybody else for your submissions. There was a lot of articles this time. If I didn't get to yours, uh, sorry about that. But uh, always post uh, your articles to Neo's listener submitted news articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mecha Talk forum. So. Um, we had a little bit extended news here, so we're just going to go to our first topic. You're listening to Gundam and NHQ. Check it out, Gundam Nation. One of our longtime listeners, Eric Keith, has a new project on the horizon that he needs your help on. On the call-in show, I at the end, I plugged a webcomic I'm going to be working on, or I actually am working on now, where I'm the writer, and a gentleman named uh, Michael is going to be the, the artist. Well, in this webcomic, it is going to be based on the Dreamcast Gundam game called 0079 Side Story Rise from the Ashes. If you've never heard of it before, it was a really awesome first-person Gundam simulator 
where you played a, a member of the MS team White Dingoes in Australia, near where the uh, initial colony that Xeon dropped had landed, and where Xeon, of course, have took, taken over. And you lead a small ragtag team of, of MS pilots, and you fight against Dom, Zaku's, a Gof shows up, and uh, at the end you fight some ridiculously overpowered Xeon tank called the Rhino, which was designed before the thing from Igloo, MS Igloo. The comic's gonna be based on that game, and what I'm gonna be doing is getting a group of people together that are fans of what the comic is about, and stick them in the background, and have them be, you know, not main characters, like, you may not even have a speaking part, but what I wanna do is I wanna take you guys from the Facebook group, and from Mecha Talk, and if you're interested, I'll have my email address uh, down below. Send me a, a headshot of yourself, and when we start working on the comic and releasing it in about a year, and you just might actually see yourself in the background. You heard right. If you'd like to be a character in the background of this new manga project, definitely head on over to youtube.com slash channel 609. That's literally channel S-I-X-O-N-I-N-E and view the entire Rise from the Ashes video where Eric explains the whole concept. If you want to reach him by email, send him a message to erictkeith at gmail.com. And if you'd like to see the artwork of the um, artist involved, Mike Fontecchio, visit his DeviantArt account at mr Hayami H-A-Y-A-M-I, dot deviantart.com. We wish Eric and Mike the best of luck with this project, and we can't wait to see how it turns out. Thank you guys, and I'll talk to you guys later on. Bye. Discussion? Debate is over. You will write a formal apology. I will what? A formal apology. You will kowtow. You will step and fetch. Frank, if you think you can get me. Get used to it. It's the way of the world. If you're so hot on discipline, then gun damn it, start by accepting mine. Because contrary to popular opinion, I'm the head in charge. Come on, let's get something to eat. You really think you're bad, don't you? Gundam. We're going to be doing two user-submitted topics today, and the first one comes from Raptor, who says, If things had gone differently and the roles of songstress slash idol, singer slash rock artist, and pilot slash soldier had been reversed, which would have been the most successful? Would also have made a good star? Would Kira have... Never mind. He would still be Kira, but you get the point. Just <laughs> thoughts. Well... This seems like a rather silly and, and crazy topic, so it's perfectly suited for us, I think. <laughs> so I, we're going to highlight a few examples of this. I guess we can't really do uh, Macross 7. Yeah, because it's hard. 
Because Miley was a pilot. <laughs> yeah. So. And, and Basara was a pilot. Yeah, he was a pilot too. They were well, both the idol, the idol stars. And... I guess it could be if Gamlin was a rock singer. Gamlin, yeah, I was yeah. gonna say it's like what what what, what kind of genre would he sing? Him later on. <laughs> but then, but then again, it's the same thing because Mylene, yeah, she was she was part of Firebomber, but she was still a pilot. So forget the, Fire, forget Macross Seven for me. Macross Seven's out of it. <laughs> let's go back to the original Macross. So let's flip oh. it around. So Hikaru is an idol singer, <laughs> and Minmei is, is a pilot, is a soldier. Number one, I, what kind of songs does Hikaru sing? Because my boyfriend is a pilot has an entirely different kind of <laughs> what is being sung by well, a man maybe. as as we saw when it was sung by by Exodor. Maybe he's um, maybe he becomes the Elton John of that uh, of that timeline. I see him more as a Sid Vicious type man. He's he's a little anarchist at the beginning of the show, so I don't know. Um, so, I, it, so he's, he's he's like Mr. Punk. Yeah, he's Mr. Punk. His hairstyle and everything just just. Just, just reflects that, and um, I'd see him more like that. He'd be cool um, if he was, if he was, if he was doing that genre of music. But uh, as for Min May, man, that's just straight comedy. I, I, <laughs> I can't even envision her being a pilot. But um, yeah, like, oh, Mr. Fokker, I can't pilot the Valkyrie. I left my diary in, in, in my room. Actually, though, I would think that she would be a much better pilot than he would be a, an idol singer. Because you, you, there was always some, there was always a little drive in Min May. Mm-hmm. So you think, even though she, yeah, she's girly, she might screw up and stuff like that. She would be focused enough and try to uh, to do her best. Harkaro, that's just a hot mess, and uh, <laughs> I, I, I just see that being uh, just just being not a good thing. Now, I think uh, if you had maybe Max, I think Max would make a good idol singer. He's a genius. He'll he'd be selling yeah. anything. Look, he, we, he was a genius pilot. He's a genius captain. Clearly, he was a genius husband. <laughs> and genius lover to his wife, because what, they have, like, 19 freaking Hassan Trotty daughters? <laughs> he, he could have, it was he like could, eight or so, but, yeah. I mean. <laughs> and he could have gone pro as a gamer, too, man. That, guy, that dude was one hell of a gamer. Oh, right. when, he, when, <laughs> when he played World War II fighter ace or World War One fighter ace. <laughs> and, and he was a genius knife fighter. Let us not forget that. Oh, no doubt. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> One of the greatest animated scenes ever. <laughs> oh, we digress. I, you, actually, I, I actually think she'd be all right. Yeah, I, I could see him as a. Uh, maybe she. Maybe they just make her the recruiting mascot, like just pose in the uniform and kind of bend over a little bit and stand next to the Valkyrie and smile. <laughs> okay, I think that'd be more Cheryl doing the bend over. She, she, she was the more sultry. Well, uh, well if we're talking about. Daryl Minmay then then Oh okay. Okay. Oh yeah. You didn't yeah, you didn't say that. I thought we were talking <laughs> TV show. All right, so let's let's jump ahead. Uh Macross 2. Oh Hi- man. Hibiki is 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 the emulator <laughs> in that outfit. And Ishtar is the pilot. Oh, man. Go. He wouldn't be uh god, I don't know with him. Uh he wasn't even that good of a uh, a journalist, so I no, mean, I, <laughs> I can't imagine him being any good as an idol singer or 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 being the the song, the, yeah. the songstress or or whatever you want to call him. <laughs> Plus, you just look weird in that outfit. Okay, let's switch it around. Sylvie is the emulator in that outfit, and Ishtar is still the pilot. Ooh. Oh, that's interesting. Man, that could work. At least she'd look good in the outfit. Yeah. 
because she yeah, did. Yeah, that could work. That could work. But I'm going to sit there. I think who could be the best idol singer? Mm-hmm. But it be you know it would be Dennis. But he'd be, <laughs> he'd, be a, he'd be a he'd be a country western idol. Because <laughs> every, every have depre- the depressing songs. Every song would have be about culture and drinking. <laughs> he'd be like Jeff Bridges in that one movie where he played the country singer. No, it'd be George Jones. <laughs> George Jones. My girlfriend left me because I complained too much about her lack of culture. And she said Frank too much. She said she left me because I talked too much about culture. And I told that bitch she ain't got enough culture. So what I did is I got in my pickup truck with my dog named Culture. <laughs> and headed on down to the honky-tonk bar. There you go. So he could take in the <laughs> local culture. <laughs> Oh, okay, my God. <laughs> so uh, verdict on Ishtar as a pilot. I think she'd be all right. It's an interesting pick. Um, I'll be I, honest with you. I think most of the girls would be would do okay as pilots, as opposed to having the boys become idol singers. Because uh, I mean, that's the true concept right there. Well, the thing is, <laughs> it, it, it's like I said though. I mean, uh, with Minmay, the a lot of these girls are very driven. On what they're trying to accomplish, and you know, if that's what they want to be, if somehow they became the pilot and they wanted to get better, they would, you know, do their best. And well, we'll, we'll see if that holds with this next one because okay, next I said most, I didn't say all. Macross Plus, <laughs> oh. Miyung is the pilot, <laughs> and Isamu is the singer. <laughs> now that that is the complete that. Completely trumps my theory there because yeah because Miyoung sucks yeah <laughs> and she didn't and, even have the drive to keep being a singer yeah oh, damn and where uh, Isamu is just a crazy party but he'd be like idol singer hell yeah my boyfriend's oh, yeah. a pilot cune cune <laughs> yeah yeah he would love he would love the rock star life man yes he would I mean <laughs> he'd either be in a hair band or he'd be um what is it uh he he'd, he'd be, be the he'd ne- be the David Lee Roth of space. Either yeah, that or the next Vanilla Ice of space. Who knows? No, no don't insult <laughs> David, the man. Yeah, he'd be a David Lee Roth. David he'd Lee. totally be a David Lee Roth. Man. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> yeah, Moon just sucked on so many levels. The next yeah. Diamond Dave. What about um? What about Gold? Gold. Oh man. <laughs> I think we've already we've already seen what happens when Zentradi try to sing. From the original yeah, series, that is true. <laughs> he could be the only uh, thing Zentradi are good for. Is, the only things Zentradi are good for is drumming. Well, he could be like the Chinese guy from American Idol a couple years ago that got the, you know, the. the... Oh my God, William Hung. Yeah. <laughs> Don't remind me of that because I worked in retail at the time at a record store, uh, and when that uh, CD came out. My boss thought it would be fun to play that CD all day, every day for a week or two to capitalize on the lulls of this. Because wow. what he probably would he sing all the classics? He probably did a bunch of covers, he butchered right? Butchered all of the classics. Man, <laughs> by weeks end, I'll be looking to pistol whip someone. So just imagine hearing that once is bad enough. Hearing it three or four times in an eight-hour shift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's bad. For a week or two. And it's a miracle that I did not get locked away as a, as, as a serial murderer. <laughs> yeah, sometimes whack on sometimes I look back on the, the on the things that we put up with and we're quite amazed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, 
We, we can't do Macross uh, 7. Yeah, so let's move on to Macross Zero, where Shin is the naked floating priest, oh, and God. Sarah <laughs> is the pilot. Uh, well... Okay, no, number one, it would not look as cool if you have some naked floating guy singing with, like, rocks and trees. Yeah. And number two, Sarah wouldn't even get inside of the Valka because she'd just be going on about Kadoons and Kadoons and Kadoons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I will not pilot the Kadoon. Get that Kadoon away from me. Kadoon, 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 Kadoon. Be a real short series. <laughs> yes, it would. Yeah, it'd be one of those, uh, what is it, those those five-minute <laughs> those five-minute streaming videos that Bandai does every once in a while for Gundam. <laughs> Uh, oh man, yeah. I, 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 this is probably I the one that has the worst results when he, when he switched the two. Yeah, because neither one of them would do well. Yeah, mm-hmm. like you said, she wouldn't even get into the Valkyrie, and yeah, I don't want to see him naked, full with floating rocks. <laughs> and uh, well, with Frontier, it's unfortunately already been done because Alto was the the superstar yeah. of um, <laughs> Kabuki, fucking Kabuki. And we saw Cheryl try to fly once with pretty bad results. Yeah. Yeah, so, she's, she's got the drive, but she just doesn't have the skills. No, yeah, no I give her a, a for effort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. F, F for execution. <laughs> Maybe what an a, F cup for execution. What about Neil? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, well, I'm just going to tell you about this because I, I, can, I, can, I, can know, I know where you're going. Uh, the Valkyrie would refuse and just blow itself up. If, 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 if it was Ronka? As soon as she gets in that pilot seat, the Valkyrie uh-huh. says, I, I can't take this. And just <laughs> well, the, the Valkyrie suddenly up. becomes sentient and, and yes. decides it's better, it's better to die. Yes. <laughs> it's better to die than to have her pilot me. She so jumps she in and she goes, Kida! Boom! Uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. That's... I'm going to throw in uh, uh, a surprise dark horse candidate for our next one. Hmm. Megazone 23. <laughs> oh, no. So, Eve Tokimatsuri, the computer-generated idol, is the pilot of the Garland. <laughs> and Shogo Yahagi is the idol singer. Go! Well, I don't even know how this works, but it does. It doesn't! <laughs> well, she could download herself into it through the, you know, USB yeah. or something. I yes! <laughs> I think Eve would have no problem. Do. Yeah, she'd have no problem, but it would just be a ro- it would just be a, a garland with nobody sitting on it. Unless, well, but unless... here's the thing: she, like her whole thing is like operator of seven G. I need your help, but it's like, no, yeah, you're true. the operator of seven G now. <laughs> Do yeah. yourself. Yeah, that's true. She wouldn't even know how to turn it on. She'd be going back to him all the time, and yeah, uh... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't even I'm envision. Kinda, I'm just kind of picturing this, and I'm like, <laughs> I guess it would work better for her than it would for him. Yeah. <laughs> well, most of the guys, like I said, they, they would not be good except for Alto. Alto is the only one. Alto is the natural fit. Alto, <laughs> and Dennis are the only ones that that, that would be uh, would be idol singers. Alto would burn mics up. <laughs> He'd leave the stage flaming for no doubt. It was like, damn, Alto, man, you you rip up the stages, man. You shouldn't you shouldn't even been a pilot, son. Well, okay. I'm going to throw another dark horse in the works just, oh. just to gum it up because this one kind of did it already. Most Peta. Oh. So Stick Bernard is the cross-dressing Ooh. idol singer. Oh, my God. That would be famously bad. <laughs> but comically awesome. 
Yeah, oh I think I think a lot of ways that would work. That would be bosom buddies, son. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Man, but uh, he would he would be he, it would be it would be an interesting watch to see him try to try to sing and pr- portray himself as a woman. I would be oh god. Uh, as for uh and then yellow would be like <laughs> let me let me show you how a real man plays a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that lipstick and that mini skirt. I'll show you how a real man does this. Yellow Give me, Belmar. Give me that blush. You're not putting it on evenly. <laughs> Give me those crotchless patties. Oh. No, wait, no. <laughs> Gotta go commando on these types of dresses. Do you remember when I lost my sight? <laughs> okay, guys. Now, seriously, this is very. This is a very serious conversation. This is a serious topic. So oh, oh, let's, brace yourself. let's try to put serious. on a serious face to this. Let's go. Okay. It's a very serious matter. All oh, right. Rough. Gundam Seed. <laughs> the idol singer Kira Yamato versus the mecha pilot. Lacus Klein. Oh my! Well, she she was a valet for that one episode. Yeah, and and had to have Kira holding her hand <laughs> on the way down. So I guess coordinators aren't just better at everything. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, check this out. We've already uh-huh. seen we've already seen the Strike Rouge, which would be a natural pilot. Um, would be a natural suit for her to use. So um, basically, the the Strike would definitely yeah, be. Yeah. Would she would she be able to use it? Because she's a, she's a coordinator. As, Everything's easy for them. Yeah, but as as we saw. You know, she really didn't do much inside of the cockpit of Infinite Justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she didn't do shit. <laughs> she didn't. She didn't do. She didn't do anything. <laughs> right, like, like Chris said, she had to get help down, floating down from space. I mean, how the how the what? Hey, hey. So you know, she she would have that series plot armor. She'd be all right. <laughs> and, and she's useless because she she does she she goes into seed mode, sitting on the the bridge of the ship. Like that doesn't yeah. help anything. You're not fighting. <laughs> what what good is that? It's just gonna make you or make make you okay. command people to do things faster. Is that it? Yeah. I mean, now Kira, on the other there. hand, oh, he'd be. A, he'd I believe be would be yeah. a space Justin Bieber. Oh, yeah. you know you're making the sense. The girls would love him. He's got that. Ca- yeah, he's got that kind of hair and that that those, those boyish good looks and yeah. Would be a little voice. They would exactly. eat. Ladies would eat him up, man. He would be. Uh, he'd be a, a bona fide hit. But then Kigali would be like the Joan Jett of um. Oh, yes, she would. Of the well, in seed, not necessarily in destiny, but, but in destiny you know. she'd be useless. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What about Atherin? Because he was dating her for a while too. Oh, he was dating Lacus at the beginning of seed. So he he'd, be, I, he'd just be eternally confused. Like, <laughs> what am I? What am I singing for? <laughs> What's my reason for singing? I've entered the battlefield of singing again without ever finding the answer to that question. What he'd, should I be doing? He'd definitely be emo, and um, he'd definitely be, he'd be uh, angsty. He'd be of real Levine. Yeah, he would be, right? <laughs> he'd be the Avril Levine of... <laughs> that makes sense. Oh, no. True case, of, true case of the guys outshining the girls on this one. <laughs> yes. Okay. Woo. Now, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Mm. Back to the serious discussion. Focus. Okay. Serious. Focus. Focus. <laughs> I'm focused. Let's do this. Jabman's uh, very favorite show, the seminal Gundam Seed Destiny. <laughs> we have right. idol singer Shin Asuka versus mecha pilot Mir Campbell. 
Oh, now we've already seen Shin as an idol singer because in the uh, the Sea Destiny character theater, he put on a dress <laughs> and um, he he sang uh, a hundred song set for the crowd. Yeah, what pretending to be Lacus? That's yeah, nuts. that's that is true. <laughs> I think well, Mira would have. She's just got an immediate disadvantage. She's too top heavy. So it'd be too difficult to strap her into the pilot seat, and <laughs> well, she she would she wouldn't even fit into the Zaf pilot suits because yeah, they're, she... they're made for little boys. Yeah. They're made for flat little boys and flat chested girls, and uh, yeah, she and once you get her in the seat, the poofs would be jiggling too much. She'd have too much Ramius jiggle. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's only meant for captaining. <laughs> well, look at look how difficult it was for uh, Ramius to pilot the strike. It, was, it, was oh, well, it, had, it, it wasn't her boobs. It was the shitty OS. <laughs> <laughs> like dealing with DOS piloting a, a, a Gundam. <laughs> okay. Now, mm-hmm. the worst Gundam show ever. Uh-oh. Gundam 00. Oh. Celestial being codename Marina oh. Ismail. Oh, Versus shoot. singer of peace Setsuna F. <laughs> I can't. Uh, Setsuna singing. <laughs> Setsuna hates kids. You oh can tell he doesn't like kids. So you, you have to, always had those kids around her singing it to him. You'd have to auto tune the shit out of Setsuna. Yeah, he, I don't he, think he, he could carry a tune. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he'd have to. Uh, he'd be so he, dull and flat. He's so, so monotone. monotone. He'd be the Ti of um <laughs> of the music scene there. But once again, I think I think, I think Marina could do it, but just yeah. in a support. Role. Yeah, but. But since she she's, be able to she's fight, a, though. but she's a pacifist, so yeah, she she'd be in a she'd be in like a support mobile suit, you know, like um, you know the the ones that like deliver the ammo to the troops or something. So basically, she'd be in the she'd be Saji, she'd be in the double, and she'd be in the O riser. The O riser. Well, actually, I think she'd be more competent in the O riser because they, they might have her do a few more things than just. Um, you know, just ride with Haro to uh, dock with. <laughs> dock oh with boy, <laughs> double O. She'd be able to do it Haro free, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she probably could. Oh, right. Saji. Ugh. You can't win even in alternate <laughs> bullshit realities. What, what about? <laughs> well, we already saw that though with Saji and Luis. Like he he was supposed to in any other Gundam show, he would have became the pilot. <laughs> <laughs> But he became the useless little pussy, and uh, <laughs> she became the the, the scarred, uh, handless uh, pilot. Okay, I got another weird one to throw out here. Mm-hmm. Nadesco. Oh. So what? what's her name? The anime voice actress from the Bridge Crew. Oh, Megumi. <laughs> yeah, becomes an Estevalis pilot, and Akito. Oh. <laughs> becomes uh, an idol singer slash voice actress. Once. Once again, giant cans in the in the pilot suit. It's going to be tough. <laughs> oh, no, Maguni was the other one. I'm thinking. Yeah, she okay. was. A, she was a, the girl. The, she was on the bridge. She had freckles yeah. and purple hair. Yeah, I was thinking. I think I was thinking the other broad with. Are you um, thinking about Eureka, the the uh, the captain? No, the 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 oh. freaking help, helps woman. Yeah, the secretary. The one that everybody wanted to bang. Yeah, hell yes. <laughs> the one that guys uh guys doppelganger got with, and then he quickly died. Maguni. <laughs> I think Megumi could do it, but he would be horrible as uh, as the voice actor. Yeah, he'd be done. He'd be done for. <laughs> Imagine him voicing female characters. Awesome. 
But I could see uh, I could see Guy Dye. He would, he would only be good for doing a fan dub of Gicky Ganger. <laughs> but I, I could see Guy as a uh, as an idol singer. Hell yeah, man! That dude would <laughs> <I'd> love it. <laughs> that dude would bang it out like those old um, singers in the seventies with those uh, ballad themes for uh, anime, no, uh, anime shows. Man, he'd kill it. <laughs> he'd try to be like the Freddie Mercury. Let's yeah, go. <laughs> But then he'd get killed with space aids. Well, I don't think he'd have the the, the space gay. I don't know if that would be going on. <laughs> Hopefully, there's a cure for space aids by then. <laughs> so, uh, do you gentlemen have any uh, in closing any nominees for uh, switch ups <laughs> between singers and pilots? It's, it's amazing. I'm trying to think of other shows that actually have. Uh, Female, yeah. uh, female. I you pulled out so many. My God. <laughs> now I want, I want to just give an honorable mention to someone who manages to succeed at both, other, other than Basara. Oh, go yeah. ahead. Uh, Pris Asagiri. Yes. Original oh. BGC. She's, Woo. she's you know freaking punk rock chick and uh, badass night saver. She oh, yes. Best of both worlds. But can, could you see uh, Leon? <laughs> I could not see Leon being a night saver because he wouldn't he wouldn't fit in he wouldn't fit in the suit. <laughs> that would be straight comedy. My God, put him in a pink put him in a pink one. <laughs> put him in Nene's. Yeah, put him in Nene's. It's like yeah, he's like they're both cops. It should fit on him. Should be the same, right? No. All day. <laughs> Yeah, Pris is definitely a good mention right there. She uh, she excels at both, most definitely. But man, good stuff. Uh, the idol singers. <laughs> but I, I think in closing, it does look like most of the girls would be able to do the switch better than the guys, except for those those noted cases. And I, I would I would love to see, I would love to hear some of these uh, some of these uh, songs done by these switcheroos. So that would be. Great. I, I think Asamu's music would all be sexual harassment. <laughs> Yeah, like that's... He, really, he really would be Diamond Dave. <laughs> <laughs> who, who would... <laughs> Ice Breaky Samu. And I guess goal would be uh, the, the, the merged version of Alex and Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it. Why is he more popular than we are? <laughs> we, we, we pick up all the music. <laughs> but... Man. That's uh, that's good stuff. Who who is this that gave us Raptor? Gave us yes. this, this. That's actually a good one. <laughs> yeah, so uh, thank you, Raptor, for giving us an insane topic that we've taken Indeed. probably far far beyond the confines of what it should have been. It was a lot better than a top ten list. <laughs> yes. The favorite so, of Chris's. With with that, we're gonna take a quick break. Be right back. You're listening to Gundam at MH. I 
If you're into sports, working out, or just need a new pair of shoes, and you're a proud listener of Gundam at MAHQ, well, we got the thing for you. If you go to Gundam.net, you can click on the Champs banner and receive 10% off a $50 or more purchase by entering the code AFMAHQCH or 15% off of a $75 or more purchase using the code AFGUNDCH. If you're a fan of the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, college sports, or even stuff like Major League Soccer and a lot of your uh, premiership soccer jerseys, definitely go to champsports.com for all those needs. And also visit them because they have some great deals on footwear and other products. We, the hosts of Gundam at MHQ, visit champsports.com for all of our footwear and sporting good needs. You should, too. I can't believe Game & Morpher gave Gears of War 3 a 9.4. Ugh, those guys have rocks in their head. It clearly deserves at least a 9.6. Bro, why do you even care? Modern Warfare 3 is a far superior game in every way. You guys are still playing with your consoles? Fully immerse yourself in true PC gaming. Are you sick of nerd ragers making you feel like your games don't matter? Or do you feel like professional game magazines have sold out and only cover major releases? Sure you are, so join us here at secondopiniongames.com and let us make your video game conversations fun again. Our main podcast focuses on all gaming news big and small. And don't forget our other podcasts where we talk about video game collecting, fighting games, the best games you've never played, and other just mindless and mindful ramblings that entail what our main focus is. Let us be your first stop and second opinion. So stop by secondopiniongames.com. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Here's to being dead. You're taking this extremely well. Taking what extremely well? That I'm here. I don't give a goddamn if you're dead, or time traveling, or the ghost of Christmas past. All I care about is this whiskey. So bottoms up, get the hell out of my house. This segment of Gundam at MHQ is sponsored by Champ Sports. Ladies, gentlemen, and trolls, welcome back to Gundam at MHQ. And in our second uh, listener-submitted subject, we're going to be talking about um, the future of uh, human companionship with uh, with 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 uh, with, uh, sex with the sub- sex robots or a substitute of some sort. That's probably going to be some kind of a uh, sexy babe. Anyway, this subject is submitted to us by Rygens, one of our longtime listeners and uh, MechaTalk.net poster and uh, forum member. Uh, he writes here, Sup, Gundam crew. Rygens here. Remember how I joked about doing a discussion on sex robots? Well, I'm here to submit that very topic. Actually, let's expand it a bit so that it can be taken a bit more seriously. What are your opinions on the continuing dependence of humans for technology? and the developing problem of people discerning human interaction in favor uh, of technology in the form of virtual females. 
This so could include. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Uh, in, not cerning, but spurning, as, uh, as Chris had corrected. Um, this could include such things as Apple products, Hatsune Miku, the Love Plus Nintendo DS game, Chobits, and all those Japanese robot companies currently working on robotic hostesses with semi-lifelike movement and facial expressions. And um, this is a very interesting topic because we, we've seen this come up in uh, animes, as uh, he mentioned Chobits and uh, another one um, that we're all that's all dear to our hearts, Ghost in the Shell. Um, it's been brought up in that as well. And, um, you know, we see signs of that in our current day where people are starting to find substitutes to human interaction in either virtual games or with devices or, or even sex, uh, sex doll robots or dolls or whatnot. But um, I'd like to get uh, my, my fellow co-hosts' opinions on this, uh, what their initial reactions to the subject is. And um, we'll start off with Chris and see what um, his thoughts are on this. Go ahead, Chris. Well, we're, we're definitely moving towards um, more technology disrupting the social spectrum. Mm -hmm. And by social, I don't mean social media, but I mean, like, the offline society. Yeah. You know, your everyday social interactions because... I found it increasingly over time. Tell me if you haven't been in this scenario. Go out to dinner with, say, four or five friends, and there'll be at some point, or actually a couple of points during the meal, where all five of us are sitting there looking at shit on our smartphones and not talking to each other. Yeah, I've been there. And it's like, wow, antisocial much? And I'm not trying to sound all high mighty here because I, I'm guilty of this myself, but I try not to be. I, I try the same thing, especially when I'm around the older generation. Because um, when I'm around, yeah, my, they, they they don't put up with it. My mom's they, not so hot on that. No, that my, it's like, my, look at me while we're having dinner. <laughs> my father-in-law, he um, would be quick to point that out or make fun of someone who has to check their phone during dinner or something like that because he's really old school. It's like, and, hey, you know, when I'm having sushi somewhere, I need mm -hmm. to know what's happening in Afghanistan, <laughs> no matter what. Well, because you're so important. <laughs> yes. Because everybody think everybody now that's got a smart kills me about smartphones. It's like I've had one for probably like the last five or so years, probably a little bit longer than that. I mean, I've been with BlackBerry forever, but you know, as in the last you know four or five years, as these become more accessible, and it's so funny to see how people how important everybody thinks they are. Like they must check everything all the time. I must see what everybody posted on my Facebook page. I need or... to know who Kim Kardashian is banging. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> they shape world events. Yes. <laughs> it's like, hold on, I know I, I know I asked you to come out to dinner with me, but yet I'm going to ignore you half of the dinner because I must check to see yeah, who now has the stink of Kardashian on him. What athlete now has the stink of Kardashian on them? <laughs> and will get their lives ruined. You know, in, in my own defense when it comes to Afghanistan or whatnot, mm -hmm. <laughs> or any other news of, that's actually important, in my own defense, being a journalist, it makes it's made me a news junkie or maybe vice versa. Mm -hmm. So if you looked at my phone, you'd be surprised how many damn news apps I have on there. <laughs> which, which, is, which is fine, and, and I'll be honest with you, I, I'm not against having having tools like that and, and, and being able to check because you know that the great thing about having tools like this now is if something does happen if we you know god forbid if we ever have moments like 9-11 and stuff like that again you can instantly find out about it instead mm -hmm. of having to wait but you know the, the, the fact of the matter comes down to is as great and as cool as all this stuff is you still have to speak to people. Yes. And, <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. When, especially when you, 
when you want to be with that person or, or, you know, whatever it might be, you're saying, hey, let's go out and go do this. And they're freaking ignoring you the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on, this this is so stupid. Or the or my other favorite of, um, you know, talking to girls and, you know, they, they need to find out instead of talking to you, they need to look at your Facebook page to see, you know, because that'll give the encapsulation of what type of person you are. Because yeah. nobody would ever lie about themselves on the Internet, huh? No, 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 no. <laughs> that would never happen. <laughs> but, you know, what's what's funny is that this social paradigm, if mm-hmm. you think about it, was predicted by Back to the Future Part 2. Exactly. Was it now? Just yeah, think well, back. Remember that mm-hmm. when, when uh, the grandparents come over for dinner, so you have sitting at the table... You have uh, the two McFly kids. Yeah. They're watching their eyeglasses TV. Mm-hmm. Yep. You have uh, Grandma task. Lorraine and Grandpa George sitting there talking, you know, actually talking because they're old, old folks who are not plugged into the new technology. Then you got uh, Marty McFly bitching about something. Yeah. Is that exactly what we've just been talking about? Yeah, it's exactly, it's exactly what it is. They, the they, kids are there involved in their technology and just ignoring all of the social interaction of the humans who are right there in front of them. Yeah, that, that, it, it did foretell this. <laughs> That's and, and amazing. They, and, and what's funny about the whole situation is it's, it's some of the things that I find really funny when you get these same people that are always that are always ignoring people using their smartphones or whatever it might be, but then they'll make the comment to you of like, yeah, it just doesn't seem like people um, want to talk to me or something like that. And it's like, why? Because you're, you're always ignoring them. And, or, or I have a problem sometimes carrying on conversations in an interview or something like that. It's like, well, you know, hate, hate to break it to you in the business world. They have all, those, all, those, uh, all this computer technology, but in the end, it's still going to be you know, especially when depending on something, negotiations are always face to face. You're always going to have to be able to communicate with people and, and at least sound like um, sound like you're somewhat intelligent and not speak in uh, you know tech speak or or net speak. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the art like, of conversation like, might be OMG, so. Gee, that's such a great contract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, it it's definitely. It, it's something that our competition's that... product won't be able to go to market for an extra year. Lolcopter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and 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 it, I, I think this is. I mean, as much as we're laughing about this, this is something that's actually pretty serious. Where you have you have a, a whole thing of a, a whole subsection of people that are basically not going to be able to communicate. In real life, they have to do it through the safety of the internet or through a smartphone or whatever it's, it might be. And it, it's and it, basically sort of like the the smartphone or the internet is sort of like a social condom that separates them yeah. from person to person interactions. And a and, lot more. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and I just find it funny when people find that relationships with other people don't go as smoothly, or as they actually do get to know each other, and they're like, "Oh, I will." You know, the famous one is, I thought this person was this way. Well, how did you meet this person? Oh, I met him online, and, you know, he, yep. we used to talk about this. St- Believe me, girls and guys out there, when you're talking to people that you don't know on the Internet, they're going to embellish because guess what? Even when people are face-to-face a lot of times when they're first meeting, they're going to embellish things. So, but, you know, it, I think the embellishment happens a little bit more with the safety of the Internet. So when the cruel reality comes out that um, – yeah, this guy's a scumbag or this girl's a slut or something like that. <laughs> it's a little bit more shocking. 
Well, so. I think people have higher expectations now of people than they used to back in the day where you just met someone and you had to get to know them the old-fashioned way. And you had to, you know... And, and now, now it's lightning fast. You look yeah. at their Facebook profile and in five minutes you've read like their entire life history and you yeah. you think you know whether they're like a cool person or a douchebag. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, people make snap judgments nowadays because it's it's convenient for them to do so because of the artificiality of the internet. You know, it just, it just makes kind of a sterile... Uh, environment let's, let's for be people honest, to go, all these you know, people make themselves sound a lot more important than what they are. Yeah, and, I mean, and the internet allows especially you to do on that. LinkedIn. Yeah. Oh God. Yes. <laughs> Director of strategy for blah 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 blah. <laughs> strategy and implementation of procedures. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Assistant <it's>... executive. <laughs> Whole new jobs are being made up on LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> Vice Executive Assistant of Strategy and Marketing. Of Toilet Maintenance. <laughs> those are a little less than what they used to be because mm-hmm. that, you know all those people got laid off. Because I remember when I worked in the business world, you would go in some of the companies I worked for, you'd see this person. And you're like, what the hell do they do? And you'd find out what their position is. And you're like, what the hell does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> people making up bullshit titles and yeah. getting away with it, apparently. Well, <laughs> you, you know, in my work as a journalist, one of the in Broward County, um, you know, obviously, I a lot of my work involves talking to people who work in the government at various levels, city and county. Mm-hmm. So, in the county, you have like uh, they did all of these um, these departments merging together. Yeah. But the thing is. Um, like because of you know office politics nobody wanted to be subsumed into the name of the other department they were merging into yeah so they insisted on keeping their names and so did the other side so you would have like office of blankety blank 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 division of blank 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 yeah Wow. That's before you even get to the person's title. It's like, what does this mean? <laughs> I don't understand what this means. Well, it's another but subterfuge. Yeah, <laughs> and someone but, desperately hanging on to their job. <laughs> but, you know, to, to mention the, the obvious, the 800-pound gorilla in the room on this subject, Ghost mm-hmm. in the Shell. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about this extensively when we did Ghost in the Shell, but in a, and maybe I've already said this, but in a sense, we've already reached that Ghost in the Shell future where techno- where people and technology oh, yeah. are now inseparable not yeah. literally so of having technology in their bodies right but functionally so because just think of how much of our world runs on technology yeah i mean if, if anything our phones are almost like that 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 are, are the last i think the last barrier between before we actually uh be, have this technology actually integrated into our own selves because our, uh, our phones there's are already mm-hmm. experiments of um like having um Ear implants as oh, yeah. phones. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, pretty I mean, much. They, they've, they've, and, and, and you they've hear stuff through, uh, through uh, bone conduction. See? Yeah. So it's not going to be all too long before that, that barrier is finally well, crossed. I mean, it, it, they've already gotten, it hasn't, it hasn't gained any popularity yet, but mm-hmm. you know, they do have it now where you could have a chip in your hand. And that's how you could pay your bills. You know, you, you just do a scanner or something Bring like your, that. Your government tracking chip. Yeah, you're, you're the mark of the beast. New world as, order. Uh, wow. As the evangelicals <laughs> would call it. But, as they call yeah, it. But, um, yeah, and, and as we've seen within Ghost in the Shell, you see how the social awkwardness caused by all this technology 
causes problems with uh, people and relationships and, and just trying to find out things. I mean, when, when Section 9 has to do the good old police work and you actually go and talk to somebody, it's usually they usually don't find out too much. <laughs> <laughs> and also, if you look at the technology aspect of it, um, everybody in the Gits world has a cyber brain except for like little kids because they're too young for them. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a couple of instances um, I think in season one where they ran into like some bums that were old people. Yeah. It's like, and look at what they were. They were bums. They were, they were old people and they were homeless. Yeah. You know, nobody, as, as, the, as we've seen from that society, nobody in that society can survive and function without a cyber brain. Even those refugees. <laughs> but, yeah. And, 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 um, and, you know, uh, what was it, the second series? Second, yeah, second gig. Because yeah. the world so, has pretty know, much left them behind at this point. Yeah, you cannot, you cannot function in that world. You cannot get ahead in that world. You're going to have a cyber brain. Even, even Togusa, as much mm-hmm. as he resists, he at least has a cyber brain. He has and, to. And, uh, you know, the old man, he's an old timer. But he's you got know, cyber he's, brain. Yeah, he's the age that, uh, you know, he would be our age now, mm-hmm. if, you know, because we would be as old as him in that time period. He's got a cyber brain. Yeah. Yep. In order to run Section 9, it's got to be a requirement, at least. <laughs> I, don't yeah. think his, I don't think his brother has one. I think that's probably the difference between them. But on a day-to-day level, like, imagine, a, you know, getting information about traffic or the weather or mm-hmm. getting a job or doing your job. You can't do that without a cyber brain in that world. And look at us now. Uh, how, how do you get a job if you're not using the internet? Yeah. You know, and any work that's not manual labor, how do you do that if you're not using a computer? Yeah. Look at education. And just look now the, the recently unveiled uh, Apple effort to, um, you know, do a big push on school ebooks. Yeah. You gotta stand a profit from that, but yeah, um, if anything, that is where the future is going. Tablets, you know, it costs down, cuts, cuts down on costs for schools. When you can have uh, all the books uh, just be um, updated through uh, the devices that the children carry. So yeah, and if I, you want to see mm-hmm. how dependent you are on technology, go a day without. Well, here's what here's this is when it becomes apparent to you. Mm-hmm. Well, like for example, me living in South Florida, we get hurricanes. Oh yeah, power goes out for a few days, or in some cases, a few weeks. Oh yeah, your whole perspective on life and the world changes drastically during that time. Definitely. And it sure does. <laughs> when you have nothing but your thoughts and the darkness and, and the heat and the sweat, woo, uh, it's really amazing how quickly um, civilization vanishes with the flip of a light switch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because you start thinking all sorts of crazy things and having all sorts of crazy thoughts. Well, it's, I like mean, being, it's like enduring your own sweat lodge. <laughs> I mean, this this is this is why a lot of like security experts think that you know really if uh, terrorists wanted to really f with the American population, you just do a cyber attack where you knock down, you know, goddamn, imagine if they knock down all the cell phone service for like a day or so. I mean, there'd be freaking pandemonium. And I mean, and, and we see how quickly people knee jerk react when it comes to other things. I mean, you take away their ability to check. Um, their, you know, their boyfriend's status on Facebook. Oh my God, it'd be freaking, it'd be blood in the streets. It would be. I mean, it, it really would. And, and like I said, it, it, it's so sad because there's been so many, there's been so many issues about it. Because look at like the loss that we have when it comes to people actually doing like healthy debate on everything. 
Now, and it doesn't matter what type of topic it is. Now it's always freaking troll rage. It doesn't matter if it's freaking, you know, anime, movies, politics, sports, whatever it is. I mean, people used to be able to have healthy debate about I'm on this side, you're on that side. Now it's like troll rage and you suck and you're the horrible and, you know, blah, you don't know anything. And it's like, Jesus. Everybody's quick to to use hyperbole and things and not not want to have a, a healthy back and forth. Because they can't, because they're used to doing it on the internet and being that way, not realizing that if you, you know, when they actually meet somebody in public and they sit there and they, and they say stuff. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I've noticed in probably the last couple of years, people in general, if you just are out in public, much more opinionated about things and, and have really no problem telling, making their feelings known <laughs> to people uh, than they used to before. It's like, you know, it was like, seemed like people had a little bit more respect when it came to that. Now it's just like, you know, F you or F this. And it's like, really? Okay. (laughs) That's how it's going to be, huh? mm -hmm. Now that we said that, I think we should at least get to Ryder's main point, which is sex bots. Sex bots. And I wanted to bring up something about that, actually. Um, As we mentioned, uh, this is your secret desire. Oh, yes, absolutely. No. Uh, (laughs) We mentioned uh, Ghost in the Shell. It would be mine if they look like the major and or number six from... uh, uh, Battlestar Galactica. I have there no you problem go. with sexual robots. <laughs> Cylons. <laughs> God, no problem. Hell, even uh, yeah, even the other, uh, even, even the other. Boomer, sig- boomer. Number eight, man. I uh, boomer. Absolutely, Arthena. Especially but, that that whole that whole uh, room of naked boomers just standing around. Yeah, or uh, naked <laughs> things to do. Lo- lo- loose lawless wasn't too bad though either. That's true. So. That's true. But yeah, um, as as we've explored in a Ghost in the Shell and Showbits and Battlestar Galactica. You know, the replacement for, uh, say, the human female with the sex robot. Um, I, I'm, I'm just curious because uh, anytime I see the development of that. Where well, they, you're curious they... to try one? No, not, not so much that. But um, do you guys ever experience the Uncanny Valley at all where you, you see uh, they, you see someone try to create a, a, a lifelike humanoid uh, robot or like a female robot and they don't look quite right. And you, you kind of get a little, I wouldn't say queasy, but a little put off. Well, um, I, I definitely experienced the Uncanny Valley uh, with any movie that Robert Zemeckis has directed in the last 10 years. No doubt. <laughs> Ever since anything since Castaway. Uh, or um, or what, what, what was the other movie? Um, the first one they did was uh, The Polar Express. Yeah. Where he tried to make people look human, um, very, very lifelike, and you just get put off on it because it, it, it's, it looks weird. Now, Tintin was a much better example of that, but he didn't direct that. He just provided the technology. But... Um, yeah, just, just that that still creeps me out anyway. <laughs> but yeah, that just that weird feeling where um, I don't know if we'll ever be able to get past that, or we reach the level where we can make these sex sexeroids look a human. Not at least not in our lifetime, maybe beyond that. Well, but. I think they'll be they'll be uh, they'll be realistically by the time we're old men. Yeah, probably, yeah. and we'll probably we'll be in need of them by then. But <laughs> right, like I've seen like some of these Japanese robots and. You know, in I've seen, when, you look at, when you look at screenshots of them, when they don't move, they almost look real, but they kind of have oh. sort of like a, a plastic veneer to them that makes them look obviously fake. Right. Yeah. But I think the most in, that that obstacle will be overcome. It's just a technological issue, yeah. and people are working on it. What I'm con- interested about is the social aspect because, as we've talked, you know, that the internet has made people more socially awkward, and it's broken down these barriers of social interaction, I think that sex bots will exacerbate that because 
um, people who are socially awkward, don't have any experience with relationships, you know, are they more encouraged to seek out a man or a woman and deal with a human being? Or are they going to be more encouraged to grab a sex bot that uh, they can project every emotion and desire they want onto and that will never talk back to them and never say anything displeasing and never do anything displeasing? I think it's I, th- I think it's that way because as we can as we see in life when it comes to relationships between men and women for the most part most relationships end and they, you know and there's always some type of issue that people well, have to deal with that all so, relationships end because everyone eventually dies well you know what I mean though I, yeah not, the, the divorce rate talk- is a lot higher now than it was you I'm know, not even talking ago. about the divorce rate I'm just talking I'm but talking I mean, even the dating rate too yeah. I mean. There, there's, you know, let's not. You have to date first before you become married. I know that, so, but I mean, but it, it, it is something that you can actually unless look you at meet a stripper in Vegas. The, I don't but, think you could look at the dating rate and see exactly what the numbers are for that, as opposed to the divorce rate, where you know this paperwork filed I, I, and I things know, like that. And, and, I, I, I know, I know, but just right. okay, ahead, I understand ahead, that. I'm but I'm, my thing is, is. If it's if it's sixty percent for marriage, it's probably a lot higher for relationships. Just that, that's just my thing. But people get hurt, maybe for whatever reason. But like Chris just stated, now now you can have it. You're a guy. You don't have to worry about that girl breaking your heart because you got you know uh, sexeroid nine thousand, and <laughs> you know. Well, should do me- anything that you say. I mean, it makes me think. Remember that episode again from Gitz. That guy, I think he was like the son of the Canadian ambassador, and he was yeah. on the run with his with his sex bot because he was yeah. madly in love with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, but look, look at that sex bot. It was just a completely docile contraption, mm-hmm. but he was so madly in love with it because he projected all of these emotions and all of these feelings onto this lifeless automaton that had none. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's exactly what we're heading to. Yeah, because mm-hmm. uh, it's 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 an it's a convenient solution for uh, the threat of human interaction. You know, human interaction is never get, perfect. You don't get hurt. Then yeah. that's and, yeah. and everybody and everybody and I don't care if it's a man, a woman, whatever it might be. Everybody hates having to go through the nasty breakup, and that's and this right there is will prevent that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's def it's definitely more. It definitely seems like it's more for men at this point than women but it's just because men are hornier than women yeah and, and it's uh, even it's even less emotional attachment than say you know a prostitute because a prostitute is still a human yeah mm-hmm. exactly you know how, how, how many uh i mean i don't have any experience with prostitutes but I mean, <laughs> how many how many movies have you seen of like say like the guy who falls in love with the stripper or the prostitute and and projects all of these things onto them that really they're not that way at all like yeah. um pretty woman like uh that uh the wrestler mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah yeah and to some degree uh taxi driver although that goes on a little bit of a, a demented level <laughs> you had to go but, there didn't you uh, hey man it's, it's one of the perfect examples <laughs> yeah but yeah it's like in these stories i mean i'm sure that that happens in real life too that you know mm-hmm. some guy goes and sees the same stripper for like x years or the same hooker for x years right. and develops emotional attachments and projects all this these qualities and feelings onto the stripper or hooker that are not at all reflective of what they're actually like as a person exactly right. so much more easier to do it than if they're not even a person exactly. and if they're completely subservient to your every whim 
Very true. But, yeah, it's 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 just a it, it's just a uh, it's just one of these things that is great as having all this technology is, and as great as it's opening up these pathways for people when it comes to education and connecting people, and especially you know connecting people that are separated by great distances. The one thing that everybody's lacking on this is it's the the social interaction thing. It's the fact that we 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 do more. We idolize guys that are able to give us the the technology, but then we never really look at the people that maybe should be stepping up and saying, "Okay, this is all great, but you know we need to keep this in reality." So, I don't know. It's I mean, as great as you know, as great as everybody uh, loved like Steve Jobs and these guys, you know, they weren't exactly the best people when it comes to uh, human interaction. No. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> You know, I mean, really not. I mean, you know, I mean, in all actuality, let's look at some of this stuff like Facebook. Look at that guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you Mark know, Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what was it? The reason why he created it was because he was having problems socially interacting with people. Yeah, with women. Well, yeah. so don't go by what that movie tells you because that movie. I never saw that. I never saw that movie. So I, I'm not going. I'm not going by that. I'm just going by you know articles that I've read that have just mentioned that it was mainly because he he was having issues socially interacting with people. I'm not saying just women, but just and he had a vision of everybody getting online and stuff like that. But I mean, still, it, and even when you see this guy in public and you see him speak, you can see the awkwardness that he has, he, even as he's been the face of this corporation for what Facebook has been around for what five, six years now, probably a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. And years, I think. well, yeah, I, mean, I mean, his social awkwardness aside, I'm sure it's a lot of pressure when you become a billionaire in your early 20s and you are the public face of one of the well-known, most well-known companies in the world. That's a that's an enormous amount of pressure on anyone, regardless of uh, your love, your social grace. Right. I understand that, but once again, I mean, a but lot on of top of the fact that he's socially awkward, yes, that just makes it even more apparent. Yeah, and and, and that's and that's just my thing. It's 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 you know, it's not judging this guy because I I don't know who the hell he is. What and, what about MySpace Tom? <laughs> well, he he would, he always seemed pretty nice because he would give you that little thumbs up, and he was always your first friend. You know, the funny thing is, uh, he's MySpace Tom. He's on Google Plus. Mm-hmm. And he's actually a very interesting guy because he writes about a lot of issues, like really like long, lengthy posts, gets a lot of conversations going. And he's actually very candid about like all of the screw-ups that he made at MySpace and how all of these social networks like Google Plus and Facebook are learning from uh, his mistakes. mistakes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, and of course, he also throws it every once in a while about how he's retired and uh, you know how he'll sometimes visit one of his three homes that he has like in Hawaii and in other parts of the world. <laughs> Dang. And he's in his 30s. Mm-hmm. But you know what the funny thing is? <laughs> as old and as crappy and low-res as it is, on Google+, Plus, he still uses the same MySpace photo. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> That's probably, actually awesome. He probably looks nothing like that anymore, too. I know. That photo's like almost 10 years old, but it's still the same photo of him in the white t-shirt giving you the thumbs up. <laughs> I can't count how many, how many times that's been icon. It's it's an icon now, really. It is. Seen it. I think that's why he stuck with it. He's like, hey, that's how I became famous. I might as well stick with it. Yeah, MySpace Tom. He um he he, he definitely he definitely encountered uh he was the pioneering days of this mess and um people saw MySpace as a uh, as a I guess a substitute for uh, a human interaction when it came to dating and 
and getting to know people. Well, that's what it became. They want to put up in. That's what it. Only. That's yeah. what it became because it was originally for bands and music. Absolutely. I mean, and his original thing was getting bands from all over the country and indie bands and stuff like that connected and being able to get the the word out to people and and then it became what it is. I mean, just like just like Facebook. Remember, you had to be a, you had to be a currently enrolled college student to initially be in Facebook. And yeah, when I initially signed up for Facebook, I, I had to use my yeah. .edu email address. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's Then they right. opened it up to all the riffraff. Yeah, and then, they, <laughs> and then they opened it Yeah, exactly. They opened it up all the riffraff. Because I, was going, I went back to school during that time that Facebook started popping up around the other colleges. Right. And, yeah, and, yeah, you had to do that. And um, so it's, you know, it's, these things are, aren't always what they intended. You know, they don't become what they intended to become. So... <laughs> Yeah, it, it, you know, it's just a it's just a very interesting topic, though. But when it comes to to sex bots, as much as I joke about them, mm-hmm. I don't actually have any interest in them in terms right, of using them. Yeah. But um, I am interested in some of the alternate applications because yeah, think about this, if you will, sort of a backwards way to reach the the, the same solution. You start making these really realistic sex bots that can walk and talk on their own, and they have servos and limbs, and everything functions like a real person. Mm -hmm. Think of the other applications of that because there's going to be a drive to develop this for all of the horny bastards who want sex bots. But think of what else you could use the technology for. You could use that technology to help people who have lost limbs. It may be weird to think of it, but think about it. If you're a soldier and you get a new arm or a leg as the result of that technology was used originally to make sex bots. But well, it they're, also they're, works well for people. Oh yeah, they're, they're already testing stuff like that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. there there are isolated cases where people have these robotic arms and stuff. And but it's you, very it's very yeah. crude stuff. It's very crude, but you know, I guess you got to start somewhere. Yeah, you uh, have to start somewhere. Obviously, eventually. Yeah. I mean, the other applications like in, in fiction. Eventually, it'll reach that point of being like completely unnoticeable from a regular human limb. But look, 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 look! What the second sex industry has already done for us. It's established formats for uh, established formats for, uh, for, for 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 video. So I'm just saying, it, it, sex steroids might just do the thing to get it on the right. That way. question is so broad. <laughs> Look at what the sex industry has done. But you it's, know, it's certainly the, stimulated the tissue industry. That's for sure, no doubt. But but the other thing though about with uh, with the, like you were saying with the robots, if. If you're, uh, you know, like a, a maniacal genius that wants to take over the world, and you live like on a, a, on a volcanic island, you can create a better army of minions using robots than you can just trying to recruit people. Might be a little bit more costly up front, but if you or, want, better if yet, you want, if you want to become evil dictator guy, that's the best way to do you it. You could create an army of fishing sex bots. Ph fishing. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. Nice. They screw you. They get your DNA for biometric data. They get all of your financial information while you're asleep. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Blowfield's already on top of that shit. Yes. yes. <laughs> Basically, they're just robotic horrors. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I mean, the, the application. Now, the only downside is when the robots uh, overtake us and, and destroy us. But that, that's. Yeah. But we know how oh, to that's... beat them because we have. Um, because we have all these resources, like the Matrix and Battlestar Galactica, they they tell us how to defeat these guys in the end. Yes. So there you go. And the Terminator series, we know how to beat them. <laughs> the old tomes of Terminator yeah. and Battlestar yeah. Galactica. The holy the, tomes. The holy tome <laughs> of the T eight hundred. 
Exactly. It, it's it's exactly the way because we know how to beat them now. So. Yeah. Everything, I, sounds I, like I, everything I need to know about life I learned from sci-fi movies. <laughs> sci-fi movies and television. They, they, they taught me everything. <laughs> we start with Blade Runner. <laughs> what was it? There there? Do, do the uh, do the test on them. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. A uh, okay. hundred years from now, when unless the they're a series six, a series six android, then you're fucked. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you're gonna get gonna get decimated. Well, Whenever I mean, you see Rutger Hauer and he's giving you creepy looks, go the other direction. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've I've seen things. You won't believe the things I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to hear them. I'm out. <laughs> but you laugh, you laugh. But I know in a hundred years, when the robots take over, there will be, and you know, in and our most guarded secrets will be the whole, the holy tomes of, like you said, the Terminator. You know, the book of the, the, book, of, the book of Terminus. You know, in the first book of the Admiral, the, the Admiral gospel, writes the Gospel of Adama. You know, <laughs> chapter one, thirteen. Well, fellas, this this has been an awesome subject. But um, any last words when it comes to um, sexeroids and uh, the the future and um, uh, I guess uh, the the decline of human interaction? Uh, get out of your house at times. Get out of your house at times and actually talk to somebody. It, it can actually be just as fulfilling as a troll fill raged on the internet. So always wear protection because you never know where that sex bot's been. No that, doubt. That is too. That is true too. They'll, they'll redefine virus. <laughs> Well, or, you know, always make sure, sure it's rubber so you're grounded and you don't get a shock. <laughs> clean, clean it out on a regular basis. Yeah, always, always take your sexeroid to the detail shop once a month. You guys are, you guys are probably awesome. more than once a month, I would think, depending on how active you are. For the number eight. Definitely don't share your sexeroid with anyone else. Uh, men don't share sexeroids with other men. That's right. That's They'll right. just create problems. Hey, man, they do when Ghost in the Shell. Remember that party? Also, also, uh, mm-hmm. don't create Facebook and Twitter profiles for your sex bots because oh no, it's yeah. bad enough that people create uh, Facebook profiles for like their babies and for their dogs and their cats. Mm-hmm. We don't need Facebook profiles for sex bots either. God, yeah. please no. <laughs> Wise words from Chris. Also, but, uh, don't don't marry your sex bots the way that like otaku marry uh, Daki Makuras. Oh, you already know that's coming. <laughs> oh, I, it, it's already going to be here. <laughs> Between people marrying in, in Second Life and um, people marrying wow. uh, just just virtual uh, idols wow. and whatnot, it's it's marrying each other. Wow, <laughs> and wow, and man, the future's so bright. And I'm gonna jump off a cliff. <laughs> when Hatsune Miku takes over the world, I will consult the holy writings in the the Gospel of Dyson. Nice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, fellas, thank you. Well, you, you know, and- actually, mm-hmm. before we close, we should probably take a minute to talk about Hatsune Miku because he mentioned, yeah. Raijin's mentioned it, and we kind of can't avoid this phenomenon where we really can't. <laughs> this thing has become so huge that she's even being used to sell Toyotas in America. It's amazing. I, I saw that commercial, yeah. like, I guess, half a year ago, and I had no idea who she was at all. And it's like, who's this anime character selling Toyotas? 
<laughs> and then that's when I learned about Hatsune Miku and the fact that she's uh, today's version of Sharon Apple. It, it creeps me out every time. It's like, in the back of my head, whenever I look at anything mm-hmm. with uh, Hatsune Miku, like, oh, it's a cute little Nendoroid, or oh, look, it's a cute little figure. I'm thinking, Sharon Apple. <laughs> Sharon Apple! Or Eve. <laughs> oh, exactly. It's like Eve crossed with Skynet. Hatsune Miku. <laughs> well... I, I, I mean, it was just the next progression of the, you know, the American Idol phenomenon, right? I mean, we're, but it's crazy. we're manufacturing pop stars by selecting people out of a crowd, and now it's just like, screw it. We're not we're even going to do that. We'll, yeah, we'll just literally just do it, write a program. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm sure if you added up, like, just the amount of merchandise, video games, CDs. It's like Hatsune Miku is more successful than, like, Britney Spears. Well, that's that's and Christian Aguilera combined, probably. <laughs> wow. I say it too much now. Maybe, maybe not so five years ago, but yeah. Oh, I, I, no, I understand what you're saying, though. At the but, height yeah. of their popularity, though. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that is crazy. I didn't even know that, that she was that popular. Oh, dude, that thing is ridiculous. It's been around for like, years, man. It's yeah. like, if you look, just look on, on Tomopop mm-hmm. and do a search for Hatsune Miku, and you'll see over the last, like, three years, maybe, the gazillions of different character goods there have been. Yeah. Um, all of the there's the Sega. Sega has a whole bunch of like Hatsune Miku video games. Yep. I mean it's it's an it's practically becoming a an industry unto itself of Hatsune Miku and the whole wider Vocaloid phenomenon. She's the most well known, but there's a lot of other Vocaloid idols out there, male and female, who I don't even know their names, but I know that they're popular. Wow. Well, fellas, fellas, she's listening. <laughs> I know. Watch what you say. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mikusama. Don't. Don't send me to the Soylent Green factory. Yeah, I mean that that is but like I said though, we have we have the way to defeat them. So it's not I'm 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 fine with it. You know, bring them on because I just got to go to the book of the admiral mm-hmm. and he'll, he'll show me the book the gospel of Adama. He will show me what to do cuz he he shows you with a good freaking um a good like maglite, you can mm-hmm. kill a, a robotic uh, you know a, a Cylon human. So well, I'm throwing my lot in with Edward J's almost and uh, Michael Bean. Let's go. So well, remember, <laughs> remember Edward J's almost. He's he's the uh, he's the linchpin because he's also in the Book of Blade. Oh yeah, runner. that's right. So now, if if for example Hatsune Miku takes over the uh, USS George H W Bush, the newest oh. aircraft carrier in our Ooh, arsenal, that would be okay. our fate. <laughs> what what do you do then? Well, since I'm since I'm in the Southern California area, I would immediately go. I'd find where the admiral lives, and I'd go stay with him because I know he know what to do. Because <laughs> he because he's beat them twice. He's beat the and robots it, twice. And he says to you, "You damn fool! I'm just an actor, <laughs> an actor. It's just the part that I play." Oh, oh my God! Get the <laughs> hell off my lawn! <laughs> Get the hell he's, out of here! He starts spraying me with a hose. Yes. Get off my yard. Petunias. <laughs> Get off my get off my dandelions, you bastard! Well, then I'd have to definitely go to Survey. Uh, yeah, Baylandia because at least he'd have he would have the ammunition to do to go after. Him. <laughs> and then he'd say like, "I direct movies, damn you! I've never even seen a robot. It's all fake. It's all CG." But his relationship with the military, he might be able to talk to George H. W. Bush down. You might say, remember me? I, I was going to put you in one of our movies. And it might go, you know what? I do want to be a movie star. So he could do that way. You know, the paradox. And, and lo, know. Michael Bay saved the planet. Oh, my God. <laughs> awesome would that be? And nobody. <laughs> nobody. Then the next thing for him is just uh, world domination. Well, I give you credit for original thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I got it all figured out, man. It's all laid out in all these movies. Okay. They, they tell us how to do it. 
Either that or I'll are, just are you gonna are you gonna become like a cult leader? <laughs> <laughs> like the, the the cult of the Hollywood apocalypse? <laughs> yeah. The cult it is of... written in the book of Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> well, only when it comes to robot uh, robot uprisings. I mean, because uh, other things, I mean, it's so laid down. I mean, even if I couldn't go to Michael Bay, I, I could go to Keanu Reeves. Because, you know, he defeated Agent Smith, what, three times? <laughs> yeah, you got the guards to be like, be like, what? <laughs> Sorry, I woke you up, Mr. Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all right, man. I've been up for 15 hours, man. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all there, man. We, we, we can do it. Bring on these robots. Awesome. I, I do agree. Clean them out. Clean them out. <laughs> well, if, if anything, we, we have got a lot to look forward to, gang. And <laughs> we'll be back with more Goddamn at MAHQ in just a moment. In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is not that podcast. www.ssapodcast.com The Ass Backwards Anime Podcast. Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, let's go again. What did the anime addicts say when asked who would win in a battle between a magical girl and a team of Pokemon? Who doesn't want to spin around glow and have all their clothes fly off? Anime. The battle stops when you do it. You don't have to worry about getting shot. Like, no one ever thinks, oh my god, she's changing. Quick, shoot her. Addicts. First of all, I would say that my Pokemon would not be enticed by your nakedness. 12-year-old breasts and ass are not going to entice my wait, Charmander. Wait. Anonymous. I'm eating a sandwich <laughs> calling my bookie because I just stomped your ass. Podcast. Visit the Anime Addicts at www.aaapodcast.com and iTunes. Damn it, Bob! I'm about to reach over there and tear you a new... Don't be a jackass! I'm you, Bob! We talked this out! I don't see any need for that kind of language. Now, if you want to go outside right now, I'll take both of you! We're going to vote, Alan! We're not going to fight! We're going to vote! Let's vote! Let's vote, and then we'll fight!
All right, welcome back to Gundam at MHQ. This episode we had two user submitted topics, so thank you to Rygens and Raptor. We discussed sex bots as well as role reversals in piloting and idle singing. So now we're going to wrap up starting with your voicemails, which you can submit at 305 792 8324 or 305 SWATFAG. So please keep your message underneath four minutes and mention at the top that it's for Gundam and try to be concise and have your question in mind so you can get through your question and not have Solbro have to edit it for uh, time and dead spaces. So our one voicemail today comes from good old Arbiter. Hey guys, how you doing? Okay, so first thing, since I'm a recent convert to the Church of Macross, I was hunting around on Facebook and the internet, and I found out that Mari Iijima has a Facebook page, and I signed up on there and started talking to her. A couple of months ago, she was doing a charity show in California, and I think after the show, she published on her page a list of the songs she had sung, one of which was uh, Tenchino and Ogu, or Angel's Colors, or Angel's whichever translation you prefer, from Macross Flashback 2012. And uh, I just put a little message on there saying it was awesome that she sang that because so far her Macross songs were the ones I'm most familiar with. Well, the problem ended up being that I wasn't the only one who only commented on her singing that particular song, and she got kind of mad with us. And... You know, understandably so, because I'm sure no artist wants to be pigeonholed. And so my question is, has that ever happened with any of you guys, with any of the celebrities you've met connected to anime? Uh, second question, what do you guys think would have happened, I'm being totally serious with this, what do you guys think would have happened if Milia, because I'm on a Macross kick and I can't stop it, what do you guys think would have happened with Milia if she mistaken Hikaru for the ace that she was looking for. Would he have survived the infamous anime friend knife fight? Would he be involved in a love quadrangle with Milia, Minne, and Misa? And last question, really quick. Uh, over the Christmas break, I recently just rediscovered the joys of playing on my old video game systems like Land 64 and my Dreamcast and was wondering which of the old game consoles are you guys' favorites, and what is your absolute favorite game? Just one quick example, on the 64, my favorite would have to be Jet Force Gemini. Thanks again, and keep on rocking the podcast. Okay, so that's a couple of questions. First one about interacting with celebrities. I've met quite a few celebrities from different um, entertainment fields, and I've never had that problem because... I go into it consciously trying to just treat them as a regular person. And I want to be like, oh my god, you were this person and that thing. You were amazing. Because, you know, like you said, nobody likes to be pigeonholed as something. And Mari Ajima's had a very long career spanning almost 30, well, now 30 years, of which Macross is only one small part, yet that's the one thing that people always keep talking to her about. And yeah. Some celebrities, they become comfortable with that. Like, for example, Leonard Nimoy and... Um, William Shatner. William Shatner and, more recently, Patrick Stewart. But Leonard Nimoy, famously, he wrote a book called I Am I'm Not, Not Spock, Spock. But then eventually, <laughs> later on, wrote a book called I Am Spock. Mm -hmm. 
you know, some celebrities, they become comfortable with that. Uh, in the uh, Captain's documentary that's on Netflix, William Shatner interviews Patrick Stewart, and Patrick Stewart says that uh, he realizes that if, like, if he died right now, that he'd probably be more remembered as Captain Picard than any other role he's ever done in his life, but he's okay with that. Yeah. But he didn't used to be. No, because he was an accomplished uh, Shakespearean actor. He wanted to be yeah. remembered for his other performances as well. And um, Captain Picard, although, you know, a highlight of his life, I, I think at the time they finished The Next Generation, it was th- those hours of filming that show were long and hard. And I, I know that everything wasn't 100% rosy when doing it. And he wanted to branch out after that. It's like that with any other actor. They uh, they want to be known for the body of their work, not just one thing. And, yeah. and no musician wants to be known for just like one album mm-hmm. or one single Be no writer wonder. wants to be known for just one book mm-hmm. so you know i try to talk to people about multiple things like for example uh one year speaking of star trek i met marina sirtis at megacon oh and instead of a star trek item i brought a gargoyles dvd for her to sign an autograph and we talked about it for a little bit what look at you dude that's awesome so i'm sure she she must have appreciated someone recognizing something of hers outside of Star Trek. And I have a, another story about that. Mm-hmm. There was a crappy convention here called uh, OtakuCon. <laughs> it came to be known as KuniCon. And one of the guests was David Kay, who unfortunately I was not able to see because of various mm-hmm. circumstances. Right. But a friend of mine was there. And uh, all of this panel that he was at was full of fangirls. And oh, no, every right. single one of these fangirls was asking him about Inuyasha. This is, mind you, this is 2004. Right. Yeah. So it was all Inuyasha and all questions because he played uh, Seshomaru in the dub. Mm-hmm. Yep. So every freaking question was from a fangirl. Seshomaru, Seshomaru, Inuyasha, Inuyasha. But my friend was asking him questions about Beast Wars. Oh, yeah. Gundam Wing. Hell yeah. Ratchet and Clank. So after a while, he started focusing on my friend and the group of guys that were with him to get any question other than freaking Inuyasha because that's all that these stupid fangirls cared about. Yeah. I've seen that happen time and time again at different anime panels, uh, anime voice actor panels too. You got, you got a gaggle of girls that are there that want to ask about the one thing because the only work that they're familiar with that voice actor from is from, uh, is their favorite show that they already watched 10, 20 times in Japanese and, they're only there to uh to depict the uh, American voice actor's brain about uh their role in it, but um you know this person has done hours upon hours of other animes and and has dubbed other ones and they would love for someone to pick out something so obscure that they were in that they pointed them out than to talk about the same character that they are already popular for. And, and um, I've seen this myself too that you know I've seen uh, good old, old Sandwich Vic at multiple conventions. Sandwich Vic. <laughs> <laughs> and almost every damn question is from some fangirl asking about Omenal Alchemist and Fredelric. Oh, yeah. And, I, I, and mm-hmm. yeah, he plays it up a lot because that's his most famous role. But still, I'm sure he would want to hear some questions about something other than freaking Edward Elric and FMA. Speaking of speaking of Vic, I remember when I met him. Um, I was drunk and I was in the bathroom at uh, AFO and I, I don't want to hear him. the rest of this story. Hey man, let me just let me just let me just. He said, hey man, nice penis. <laughs> Darth Vader was in the bathroom too. It was crazy, man. And um, what was funny is when he showed when when we passed by, I I commended him about his role in Or Butler Dunbine, where he sounded like uh about like the Lucky Charms that dude. <laughs> and I gave him props about Macross too because I just started collecting the uh, the DVDs. I didn't even mention Full Metal Alchemist not once, but he was already you know popular because of that show. But I just brought up some of the other work that he now, was in. Now, Sobro, mm-hmm. uh, generally speaking, 
I don't think that you should start any story with, I met a guy in a bathroom when I was drunk. Yeah. I was leaving and he was coming into the bathroom and I, I just again I, that's I, also I, I, I mentioned in passing I was just trying and, to be and cool, he made but... it he made it even worse where you said <laughs> Darth Vader was in the bedroom it was like no, or in the bathroom Darth with Vader a... was in there peeing man it was crazy man again you don't want, you also don't want to mention coming and going with men in bathrooms that's just you're not helping yourself here yeah you I, you, I dig you myself like, deeper in the like hole. you were going into like a sporting goods store and he was no. coming out you, you you put it that way. <laughs> I can't help where I was. I was walking in the butcher <laughs> shop, and he was walking out with a with a with a pa- with, you know, ten pounds of cow. All That's- I know is all I know is destination urinal. No, no, no. The whole time, you guys, they they know where the boundaries are. I, yes. I would hope so. Okay, so moving on. <laughs> uh, the second question about uh, Hikaru. No, he would have died. <laughs> that would have been a very different series. Yeah, it would have been very quickly. Yeah. It would have turned into the story of Max. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in some ways that might have been a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, lastly, on the video game question, my favorite console would definitely have to be the Super NES, and possibly my favorite game on there is still the very first game on there, Mario World. Oh, man, look at you. Um, my favorite console is probably... It's it's almost a tie between the, the Dreamcast and the Sega Saturn, but I would hard probably, mode. You can't say Street Fighter. Hey man, um, on the Se- I would probably lean more towards the Sega Saturn, and only because it was my first real hardcore experience with import games. And again, um, you, again, you you probably don't want to have a story saying it was my first hardcore. Experience. <laughs> I'm nowhere near the bathroom this time though, but <laughs> still. But yeah, I, 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 out of my favorite games, um, I, I there's too many I, to, I, I'd probably end up naming, but um, uh, they're fighting games. Give us one. I'll save you that. Just well, give you, us you told one. me not to say Street Fighter, so I'll have to say uh, Mark of the Wolves. There you go. He Mark of the Wolves Mark wasn't on that console. Goddamn. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. You said you said Saturn. Sega, right? Sega Saturn. Okay. So I'll I was like Dreamcast. Go, I'll probably go with uh, Marvel versus Marvel superheroes versus Street Fighter. There you go. Ugh, there you go. You're so welcome. Hey, man, good stuff. Dream, All right, Neil. Uh, Dream, Dreamcast, Tony Hawk. Lost countless hours to that. Moving on now to the standard old mailbag that you can submit questions to by visiting the mailbag thread, mm-hmm. the Talk forums. Our first question comes from good old Kosh. It says, hey, all. As you may recall, I've tried to introduce previous girlfriends of mine to Gundam and ask for your advice. I just wanted to relate to you all that I have finally been successful. Of course, my current girlfriend was already a mecha anime head and had seen some Gundam wing, but by carefully choosing a show that would cater to her tastes, I got her into the franchise, and she happily gobbled up an entire Gundam show in a few days. The show in question, Turn A Gundam, her favorite MS, The Kapool. It's so cute and diesel punk. She's now itching to watch Unicorn and Zeta. Oh. I reckon we're going to watch the 0079 movie trilogy during the holidays first. She's a big fan of old school anime like Galaxy Express, so crap animation won't be an issue. Nice. I guess if I have a question at all, it is, have you found similarly that you have to consider someone's taste in order to pick the right Gundam show to introduce them to? TLDR, Capwell-themed lesbian wedding lols. <laughs> okay, I'm kind of curious, though. If you've made all these efforts with previous girlfriends to introduce them to Gundam, has that in any way contributed to them not being your girlfriends anymore. Oh. It's like, oh my god, shut up about Gundam! <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, um, yes, absolutely that's been an issue because, you know, some people aren't as open-minded as you would like, mm-hmm. and I know plenty of people who 
you know, no matter how good a story or a series is because it has dated animation, they refuse to watch it no matter what, no ifs, ands, buts, no exception. Right. So if I want to show someone original or Zeta and they refuse to watch anything from the 70s or 80s, maybe I have to start with uh, Gundam X. That used to be one of my go-to shows. Ooh. If now Gundam X is too old, then I use Double O. Good choice. <laughs> or maybe Unicorn. So yes, definitely that's, that's been an issue a lot because some people are just not open to old animation. and that's, That can be a big stumbling block when you want to introduce someone to a big old franchise like Gundam. Yeah, I mean, I mean it makes complete sense. I mean, any, any, anything that would be a franchise, especially if it has the staying power of a, of a Gundam, I, I would definitely, it would definitely make sense about how you would introduce them, especially if it comes to the point of um, looking dated or something like that. So, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, you always got the hurdle to get past, which is uh, Gundam is always a mecha show. So um, if unless there's some kind of um, other angle in the Gundam series that, uh, that can hook them, like, you know, either Pretty Boys like in Gundam Wing or Double O or uh, Seed or, or some other angle that, that can get someone into the show, um, like political intrigue or whatnot, it, it's kind of hard to sell them to it because they're always going to see it as a mecha show first. Um, I've sold some people on Gundam. You know, some people I've gotten them to watch it and enjoyed it, like relatives and friends. And, but um, in some cases, it wasn't. Very, it was it was very hard. <laughs> and it, it just it just takes what your interests lie. If you like science fiction and you like you like Mecha, then you're probably gonna like Gundam. But um, uh, if the person doesn't, then um, it's it's gonna be really difficult. All right. Next, we have a question from Teprog Noob who says, "Hello." As you can probably see from my avatar, I'm a fanatical Ava fan and one of those people determined to, quote, overrate it. And for the record, his avatar um. is uh, an Asuka head presumably shopped onto Giren's body, which is a... Uh, <laughs> a little disturbing. Frightening, frightening prospect. <laughs> yes. He says, you mentioned confusion as one of your problems of Ava, but confusion and open-endedness is the most important thing about oh. the series. The director doesn't... Hold on. Contain your re- we don't want a repeat of, of <laughs> last episode with the Destiny. Yeah. At least let me read the damn question. <laughs> the director doesn't tell you anything, which fed a decade and a half's worth of page-long posts, fan-wanking, and theorizing. You know, that's why Ava's so much fun. The Freudian bullcrap fuels the imagination, and I've seen a great amount of inspiration come out of the series for people struggling with their own problems. Yes, the depth fans attribute to it was not in the original, but if all the depth that we'll ever have was laid out and prepackaged, then what would be the point of thinking about it at all? It's the very confusion that makes this franchise so interesting to me. Well, if I can't convince you, then I'm not going to try. I still enjoy the podcast. No hard feelings. Just going to throw out my two cents. Okay, hold on. Oh. Now, Neo, before you before you start going, you unleash like the the, the rage of the titans. What am I, I know, I know you've got your rage meter filled up. Oh. You're waiting to press R three. <laughs> well, I'm going to jump the gun on you on this because I have to. That's fine. Okay, if a show or any form of entertainment has no depth in it that the creators didn't put into it, then it has no value. It has to intrinsically have some depth for you to be able to appreciate it and understand it and discuss it and speculate about it. If the fans are providing that with, as you describe it, uh, pages of fan wanking and theorizing, you're attributing it to it qualities that it does not have. 
Exactly. And if also for people, if people have like mental problems that, that they use Ava as their inspiration to deal with, then that's screwed up. Honestly, (laughs) that's pretty messed up. That's pretty sad and pathetic. I'm sorry. I I don't care if anyone's offended by it, but it is, you know, I've watched Evangelion multiple times and I've enjoyed it each time, but let's not kid ourselves here. It's nothing more than a monster of the week show that dresses it up, dresses itself up with discussions of philosophy and random mentions of Judeo-Christian uh, terminology because it's foreign sounding and cool. Yeah. There really is nothing more to it than that. And to all of these like film school um, dissertations about it and how it's like there's this massive death and it's like the freaking Citizen Kane of anime. No, it's not. It just <laughs> is not and never will be. And I'm sorry. You, you're never going to convince me of that. And I'm not saying this because I'm not open-minded. It's because I've watched it multiple times, but I've also watched a lot of the shows that preceded it and were doing the same things beforehand. Right. So again, mm-hmm. like, like a day on. Yeah. So again, that doesn't mean the show's not enjoyable, but it does not have anywhere near the depth that people ascribe to it, and it never will. And nothing will ever convince me of that because, again, I've watched it and I've watched the stuff that came before it and the stuff that's come since. So... That's my two cents. Neo, press R3. Well, actually, to be honest with you, I'm not going to give this guy the satisfaction of even getting any rage because I, I think, once again, what Chris just said has been my whole take the whole time, too, is and th- this, whole, this whole knee-jerk reaction of because I'm not sitting here saying that this is the best damn thing since sliced bread means that I hate it and I don't understand it and stuff like that is ridiculous because like Chris just mentioned if you're sitting there and you're having to have pages and volumes of specu- fan speculation about what the actual um, message of the anime or the, or, or the story was then it means it wasn't laid out very well so you know let's get beyond it and like and like Chris said so eloquently it is a monster of the week show disguised with Judeo-Christian um, you know uh, teachings and and some you know some philosophical stuff that's just kind of just there because it sounds cool and it looks cool and you know the other thing is is let's be honest it's it's a money date the uh, guy next knows it's a money grab so that's why you're having all these new reinterpretations because guess what it's not because oh we we didn't we we couldn't do it this way back in the day or this and that i mean now they just know that they can just slap Evangelion on anything and there's going to be mindless droves of people that just buy it because they can put a few more cool little things in it and things that sound cool and they'll be like, oh, this is so deep. So that, that's the issue there. So, you know, just let it go. I mean, I've watched it too on multiple times. I've never said that I didn't enjoy it. I just don't think it's the best thing ever. And everybody that sits there and makes and has to go through defending mode of, of going through these big things and, and, and insulting people saying they don't understand it, who, who's the one that really needs to get a grip of reality? So, All right. Uh, <laughs> screw so you. Hey, hey. Um, Damn. Uh, people like people a little, like little parting shot there, huh? <laughs> people like yeah. Angry Neo, man, as, 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 as shown in the thread for the previous episode. Yeah, I guess more, so. More Angry Neo. <laughs> So that Chris can restrain him. It's well, I, I've you know it's part of my training. Hey man, and, there you go. That's right, man. That Austin has taught you well, sir. No, he <laughs> is the general to you. The, don't, the, <laughs> to me. Yes. <laughs> we'll see about that. But um, as for Ava, 
Um, it, 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 I remember watching it back in the late 90s and having crazy discussions about that show. And as much as I'd like to talk about it, I see where Chris and Neil are coming from. Um, it has some gimmicks in it. And I, I don't like it when um, people make a show and leave it in such an era of mystery or reinterpret it 40,000 times after the fact. You know, it kind of cheapens the experience of the yeah. first viewing. Um, I, I hate that. Um, I do. I don't mind reboots and relaunches, but you know, they come so far, so far apart that you can deal with that. Ava has been rebooted. Are there's other reinterpretations of it that have come out within just a few years of each other, and it, 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 it there's no sign of stopping it. And um, it's kind of cheapened its uh, value to me on, on that level. It's been Lucasified. Yeah, it's been, it's been Lucasified in, in a sense. Yeah, and um, I, I've got to say that. I mean, I, I, I never read. About it. Mm-hmm. I, I never read in the business news when Gynex was as became a subsidiary of Lucasfilm, <laughs> but it must have happened somewhere. <laughs> what's What's funny to me is as much as I'd like to talk about the show, what version of the show will we talk about, and how many segments would that episode be? I, that would be a four hour episode. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a long conversation about oh, the same thing over and over. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. agree with that thing because I think people. I think it's just the attitude now is because it's Ava. We have to sit there and overanalyze every little spec, every little scene. Oh my God, they did this in this scene. You know what that means? I mean, and I've seen this stuff, and I'm like, Jesus, are you are you kidding me? You're gonna sit there and take the most minute details and just sit there and overblow them and make them into something that they're really not. I mean, it's okay for the show to be just a monster of the week show. It's okay for what it is. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, the greatest thing since sliced bread and it doesn't have to be, you know, just, uh, you know, for something to be good, it doesn't have to have sit there and have these, deep you know film school dissertations about things because you know if if it's enjoyable it's enjoyable it's enjoyable but like but like like you said too what is even the definite version anymore yeah and it, it, it's just gotten to the point where it is it, it cheapens the franchise and you know you, you look at like these other franchises like gundam and macross you know, okay, yeah, you, you can sit there and say, especially in Gundam, especially with the alternative centuries, mm-hmm. okay, a lot of it is some of them are kind of, you know, the stories of, um, you know, first Gundam, like Seed and, and stuff like that. But, you know, when it comes to the actual universal century, okay, they, they did the movies, they did compilation movies a year after they did uh, the, the television series, but right. they've never really gone back and reinvented the wheel on a, on an animation point, I mean, okay, there's things like Gundam: The Origin, but everybody knows that Gundam: The Origin is a, a, is a retelling. Yeah. It's not just going and and doing the same thing. Um, so yeah, it's just let's just stop it. And you know yes, what? Yes, let's stop and move on to the next question. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry that everybody gets butt hurt about this, but you know what? We're not always going to like everything you like. So, all right. Next, we have some questions from Red Comment Ninety, who says. Will you guys be doing reviews of the Gurren Lagann movies? Maybe. Yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> sure, why not? Uh, number two, have you guys had any experience with miniature tabletop gaming like Warhammer, War Machine, or even D&D, even though it's not really a miniature game? Uh, D&D, that's all for me. Same here. Well, a and d for me, but um, that, that's, that's the long and short of it. And the, and the Robotech role-playing game. Fan- <laughs> fantasy football one year. Yeah, there you go. It's the same thing. All right. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's the sports. 
<laughs> Number three, on a recent episode, Neo mentioned Yu-Gi-Oh! and Magic the Gathering players. Chris, you quickly butted in and stopped him. Have you had a good experience with Magic? And to further the question to all of the Gundam crew, have you guys enjoyed any TCGs or CCGs in general? Oh, well, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cop out and say that you should listen to episode 21 of Chaos Theater, which should be out around the same time, and is all about Magic. Oh, snap. There you go. Oh, man. Well, so there them. you go. A little, little laziness and cross-promotion. <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. Um, I know I, I played uh, Animayhem and the Star Trek co- uh, collectible card game, personally. Um, other than that, I, I can't really say much else. Uh, Neo, any any of those? Um, no. Usually I just play with regular cards. What about your thoughts on Magic the Gathering? Any thoughts at all? I don't really have too many thoughts about it, to be honest with <laughs> you. If it ain't Tonk, it ain't, it, it ain't a card game, huh? <laughs> Of spades. <laughs> something we something we put money down on. <laughs> Our asshole. One of those games. <laughs> nah, I'm not a big fan of that one. Oh damn. So, well, Chris, take it. All right. Next, we have Philly Gundam fan who asks, "What is the most significant or best buy lowercase mm-hmm. you have ever made <laughs> as an anime fan?" Having been out of Gundam fandom since 2001, when I was in sixth grade and had no clue what the hell a Zaku was, I bought. The Gundam Wing box set for $100 online in 2007, and since then I have watched every Gundam series and a lot of other awesome shows. I owe the Gundam Wing box set a lot for introducing me, my brother, and my friends to the rest of the Gundam universe and other awesome anime series. The initial $100 investment was well worth it. I've been listening since episode one, and I've really enjoyed the past four years of Gundam and hope for another four years of excellence in podcasting. Thanks for keeping this show going. Well, so thank a, you very much. It's a gateway drug question. What, what's the well, what, what's the one that continued your that made your addiction worse, right? Well, I, I would say first of all that uh, if you paid a hundred dollars in two thousand seven, you paid a lot because <laughs> I got that show a couple of years before that for way cheaper, and I'm talking you yeah. know the actual legitimate DVD. So I'm sorry that you had to pay that much, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. I yeah. would say for me, without a doubt, the original Animigo box set of Macross. Oh, wow. Which was $250, but worth every penny of it, and uh, still is the, the jewel of my DVD collection even 10 years later. Hmm. Man, uh, look at that, my DVD collection. I'd have, um, to, say, I'd have to say my, uh, my first Gundam movie collection, because I got it, God, a couple years ago for like 20 bucks online, brand new. <laughs> and uh, I, I just, I think it's just one of the, I, I think it's one of the jewels of mine, too, because I don't see it that out there that often, mm-hmm. and um, you know, with the current situation that we got going on, you may not see this ever again. So, and you know, they're such great movies. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, no stinkers in that one. I um I know for me um and this will sound corny of course, but um for me it's probably Robotech because um with my history with that series where I didn't even get to watch the whole thing. Um, just on. Years ago, or the one, the original ones. I've got to say the initial release from ADV, not the not so much the uh, the remastered ones, because um, our I basically I finally got to watch Robotech straight through when I finally owned the DVDs, and that was significant for me because I'd had to I had to deal with the hell of uh, fan fan sub tapes, not fan sub tapes, but just um, outdated uh, generational VHS copies, and and never got to really watch the show straight through until I owned it on DVD, and it was an amazing. Um, experience to finally do that and um that's and it, was, it was even more amazing a few years later when you watch macross and you could really understand what was going on no doubt <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was the gateway to the macross uh the actual macross universe so um 
much props to that. I, I, I finally got to watch a lot of those uh, after getting Robotech on DVD. So that's mine. All right. Next, our question is from Ocho, who says, Hi, Gundam crew. I've been a longtime listener and eagerly await each show's coming. I might be a Gundam fool for asking this, but which antagonist would you want to survive and complete their objective? An example would be Paptimus Sirocco taking over the Earth Federation and ruling the colonies with an iron fist with bitches. <laughs> P.S. Genocidal monsters are cool too. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if uh, Paptimus would uh, do it with iron fists. He would. It would be like the the softest iron fist there is because he'd sit there and mine f everybody into thinking other things. Yes. And, uh, and and rule it, you know, rule it from the bottom. I'd have to say the man, the myth, the legend, Trace Kustronata. <laughs> I, I I think the Gundam Wing universe would do a lot better if he just would have survived. <laughs> oh my God, tell me about it. That was my pick too. And maybe I... Rupe died <laughs> that, at that sword it, fight in episode six. That that universe would have been so much better for for Wu Fei dying. My, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> my personal choice, well, that would have to be uh, Haman Sama. I, I've had a feeling you'd say that. <laughs> yeah, that too. I, I like to see what she would do and how it would have affected history afterwards, because then you wouldn't have had Shars Rebellion, you wouldn't have had Full Frontal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if she was in control of everything, and you know, given all of the brutal things that she did, though, like dropping a colony and all that fun stuff. What would she have actually done had she gotten that power? And the thing about her, too, is she always had that... And how much would she have raped Judo? <laughs> well, the other thing, too, is she, she always understood how politics worked, you know? So it's like you, you could see her having a much easier transition from, uh, you know, trying to rule with the Iron Fist to maybe ruling in the background with, uh, you know, politically and stuff like that. But that would be interesting. Solbro? Um, I, Anything I, other than Trey's? Other than Trey's, I'm thinking back at the maniacs that we've uh, we've uh, come across throughout the years, and um, maybe Shar. What about uh, Shar? What, what, uh, what's that? What about, what about your boy with the gold, the man with the golden gun? And uh, you talk about uh, you talk about the dandy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was it, Alexander? Alexander from Double Alejandro. Alejandro. Alejandro from Double O. No, God no. <laughs> You know, I am kind of curious though. Mm-hmm. If, I would have ran that. If, uh, yeah. No, if if Ribbons had won, mm. how would he have dealt with the L's? That is true. Yeah, he he would have lost. <laughs> he he would have. He would have lost because right. he, he doesn't know how to break through to the future. <laughs> he would he would have tried to to, to to take them over with uh with Blaze Trails. Yeah. He would he would have tried to use power against them and not try to make a dialogue with them like uh, Setsuna did. So yeah, it'd have been terrible. Been, everybody would have lost. <laughs> All right. And our last questions come from Mindless Fire, who says, Dear Gundam, I haven't visited this site for a while, and it's nice oh. to see this podcast still up and running. Well, why the hell? What is your excuse for not visiting? You should always be visiting. We shouldn't even be answering your freaking question. Then. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? Consider yourself lucky. Well, Mindless Fire, welcome back. It's good to see you. Uh, the hell with you. <laughs> yeah, don't let the door hit your ass on the way out. Damn. Yeah, you will sit there and go, yeah, you know, uh, I haven't been here for a while. I'm surprised you guys still even exist. But, uh, yeah, here's my question. <laughs> Prick. Damn. 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 I guess you press R3 now. Yes. It's already filled up. Sweet. All right. He says. Athena going. N- number one, if you could trade any of your five normal senses, hearing, sight, touch, smell, or taste for the sixth sense ESP, would any one of you do it, and which one of your five natural senses would you give up in exchange? Ooh. Soul bro. Damn. Um, 
Damn. Uh, I, I Thank you for your answer. I, I, uh, I guess I, I, I have no answer for that. I, I would say no. I, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't I'll do it. it. No, I know what I would do because it makes the easiest sense. It's what? hearing because if you have ESP, then you can hear what people are saying anyways through their thoughts. Yeah, but how do you hear that train coming at you? Yeah, how do you hear the train or the truck coming at you? <laughs> or gunfire around you. <laughs> I'm just saying it's the it's it's the one that you could probably get away with. What mm-hmm. sight? Yeah, okay, that'll that'll work just as well. I mean, I guess you could say touch, but then you'd never when you're be. Matt Murdock, you'd be walking around blind. <laughs> I can see everything, even though I'm blind. Hey, hey, it works for a daredevil. I mean, third eye, man. Yeah. Oh, third eye. What do you even think about the things you say before you say them? Well, the, the, the mind's eye. I'm sorry, I didn't mean. To, I, I, I wasn't implying anything perverted. I was Jesus like, Christ! There was, there was a show back in the day called The Third <laughs> Eye, and it was about the mind's eye. I was just, I'm, if anything, I, I that's what that it's was, sometimes referred to. Okay, as. moving on. Hey, a story I, of a story of me, a bathroom, Darth Vader, and Vic Mignogna. <laughs> yeah, well, moving on. That <laughs> guy's coming and going. Anyway, moving on. Um, I don't think I would because that ESP could be a yeah. gift that I don't want. Like, for example, um, this guy from Code Geass with the with the visor. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what the, the hell? First season. Yeah, the guy that went crazy kept hearing. The guy that went crazy because he he, he yeah. heard everyone's thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Uh, Rao was it or Mao? Mao was Mao. it. Mao. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a gift I wouldn't want because it has unintended consequences that there's no escape from. So yeah, I don't think I would. And a second question, and this one's great. I know there haven't there hasn't been any Gundam games coming into the US other than Dynasty Warriors. But what if EA bought the rights to make a Gundam game and made it a part of its Battlefield series calling it Battlefield 0079 or Battlefield Gundam One Year War, similar to what Cody with Dynasty Warriors franchise? Dice of course would be developing the game, placing modern day tanks and aircrafts with mobile suits. I already know that everyone here will probably buy the game. My question is, would the game sell to non-Gundam fans, particularly to the Battlefield slash FPS crowd, with or without brand slash developer recognition, or would EA be shooting themselves in the foot? Well, as you may or may not be aware, Bamco already tried to do this with yeah. uh, the masterpiece <laughs> title Mobile Ops, Mobile Ops The One Year War, <laughs> which I'm sure Solbro could tell you all about since he spent so much time playing that game, right? I'm writing, and, I'm writing, and, I'm writing the strategy guide right and, now. And he's the, he's the only person in America that desired it. Yes. So they tried that. You know, they they have the, they had this game. It was a Battlefield clone. They yeah, dropped the Gundam game so that it wouldn't be pigeonholed as an anime game. They had all the mobile suits look dirty to try to appeal to that militaristic, gritty action crowd of like Call of Duty and Battlefield. And look mm-hmm. what happened. It never came out here. I think if EA is going to buy it, the better way of doing it is just have it as a Madden game, so you have robots uh, playing football. I think that would work out a lot better you, than, uh, than you have than, you yeah, have Battlefield. Then you have Gundam Max Maxter. Yeah, you have you have Gundam Maxter like Gundam Maxters versus like Zaku ones, mm. you know, and it, it, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Sweet. Well, yeah. there you go. So, I think um, that would that would work better than this. What he's talking about. I mean, Dice is a is a great pedigree for uh for a game like that. But um, as Chris said, um, when it comes down to a game like that, uh, Mobile Ops was it, and it didn't even get a shot out here. And um, ah man, I just think we're just gonna be stuck getting Dynasty Warrior games for the next ten years when it comes to Gundam. And it just doesn't have the wide appeal. I mean, I'm not even sure how much Dynasty Warriors Gundam appeals to Dynasty Warriors fans. 
Yeah, that's true. Because it very well could just be Gundam fans alone who are buying it. Because Dynasty Warriors fans, they probably like you know all of the pretty Asian boys mm-hmm. in their pretty uh, you know like Chinese costumes, and they don't want to be in Gundams. And it's kind of become fragmented since there have been various ones. You know, the Fist of the North Star game might very well have appealed just to Fist of the North Star fans and not so much Dynasty Dance Warriors Wars. fans. There's the upcoming uh, One Piece game that may appeal to just One Piece fans and not Dynasty Warriors fans. So if there was a Battlefield 0079, um, I don't know. I mean, they did do Battlefield 2142 that was in the future and had, you know, like uh, mech-type stuff. And, right. you know, there have been games that have been successful with with mecha-type stuff. For example, uh, Unreal Tournament 2004 it had mecha yeah. and, you know, transforming tanks and all that sort of crap. But... Uh, mm-hmm. I just don't think it would have the appeal in to be matched with. I don't think EA would want to risk the name of one of their biggest franchises yeah, with, with uh, this this basically failing franchise. Yeah, I, I could see you know Battlefield, Star Wars, or Star Trek before I would see you know something like that. Well, we already we already had that Star Wars Battlefront that was that was That's also true. a Battlefield clone, not just Pretty not much. made by EA. Yeah. Plus, I don't know that. Um, you know, Bandai would want to give up the control to an American yeah. developer because also their main concern is their primary market, and FPS games just aren't that big in Japan. Not yeah. at all. So they they would prefer to do the typical Gundam game that they know will sell, like hotcakes in Japan, rather than have a game that may or may not sell well in America and will definitely not sell well in Japan. That's just a losing proposition for both Bandai and EA. That's true. Yeah, I'd say uh, see see last episode in our comments about what EA or what uh, Bandai cares about when it comes to Gundam. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so. With that, uh, I think that covers all of our mailbag questions, so please uh, keep on sending more. So unless you have any announcements, gentlemen, I will turn it over to Solbro to tell us what websites we should be going to. Solbro? Absolutely. Make sure to peep these sites. Head on over where the magic happens. M-A-H-Q.net. That's the Mecca and Anime headquarters. Also, you can check out Gundam's main website at Gundam.net. That's right. It's spelled as it sounds. Also, you can find us on iTunes, Facebook, and other forms of social networking. If you look for those links, you'll find them at Gundam.net as well. After listening to this episode, you should definitely check out Chaos Theater. And you can find it by going to chaostheater.blogspot.com. A jack-of-all-trades otaku podcast hosted by MAHQ and Gundam's own Chris Guanche and our favorite pedal bear South, Pedro Cortez. And last but not least, Shinjuku Station has a movie podcast. Shinjuku Station at the Movies can be found at shinstation.blogspot.com. And um, before we close out, I also want to give my uh, my shout-outs to some people here. Um, first <laughs> Y'all are too tough. Y'all are too tough. Um, that, was, Kenny- that was Chris. That wasn't me. Oh, well. Well, Chris. Awesome. Um, first off, Kenny Mark. He is an artist and uh, an excellent illustrator, and he has a Twitter that you should definitely follow, which is Ken underscore Art, A-R-T. Uh, he, drew a, he drew a picture for, um, I guess, primarily for, uh, for, for me, but also for the show um, of uh, Emma Sheen. Um, in a Gundam at MAHQ uh, t-shirt or, 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 or you know undershirt under her um, 
her her normal suit. So it was it was kind of cool to to see that picture, and I thank her very much for that awesome artwork. I will it'll, it'll be posted up in this actual uh, thread on Gundam.net, so make sure to check that out. Yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah, <laughs> just like that Argama, huh? Oh boy, thank you. Um, I also want to give props to the uh, internet for striking back against Sopa and Pipa. Man, um, y'all, well, we 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 are finally a petition at work. <laughs> <laughs> and the fight will be lost next year. So oh, damn. Enjoy Chris. your victory while it lasts. Chris, with all his positiveness, sweet. <laughs> um, I also want to give props to uh, New Type USA, because I had to dig into crates for this. But in the December 2005 issue on page 25, we finally get uh, a little bit of uh, truth when it comes to uh, uh, the true protagonist of Gundam Seed Destiny. Um, in the article on page 25, it says here, I'll just read an excerpt. If Kira hadn't felt so home with his natural buddies, he probably wouldn't have accepted his friend, Atherin's invitation to join Saft, the military branch of the coordinators. That would have put him squarely on the coordinator's side of the battle. With his extraordinary skill and passion, he would have found place of one of Zaft's top pilots, determined to protect the plants from naturals on Earth. In other words, he would have been just like Gundam Seed Destiny's main character, Shin Asuka. <laughs> oh my god. Did you read those last five words? Yeah, we're, can, can, you, can you replay that, uh, Sopo? Just go, go back uh, 0.2 seconds. <laughs> in, in review, it says, in other words, he would have just been like Gundam Seed Destiny's main character. Hold Shin on, we're Oscar. back. Gundam Seed's main what? Gundam Seed Destiny's main character, hmm. Shin Asuka. Oh, okay. Um, this this issue was, uh, I guess, a preview for American audiences who didn't have uh, official access to the actual air episodes airing in Japan. So this is New Type's USA uh, coverage of the event, which is a translation from the Japanese coverage of it as well. So, um, yeah, it's right there in print. And um, it's, it's, so Atherin still is the main character, though, Atherin. based on based on your research, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, we, we I want to clarify that this is just yeah. who the intended main character was to be. In retrospect, I'm sure it changed around, but to me, yeah. that, that show has a litany of main characters and not just uh, Shin by the time it, it shows at the end. But that, but that certainly strikes to the heart of all of these people playing revisionist history saying, yeah. oh, but it was never intended that Shin was yeah. the main character. B.S. <laughs> it's right BS. here in print, and you'll find it also in this thread. Um, I'll make sure to put the actual picture that I scanned from the issue um, into this episode. So when you go to Gundam.net, you'll see that as one of the pictures there as well. I'm, I'm sure it'll go to Adobe Photoshop shortly after. <laughs> I'm sure someone will change it. Yeah. But uh, also props to the Gundam Nation and the trolls and the haters. We, we love you all. And um, that's it from me. All right. And that wraps up another episode of Gundam at MHQ. We'll catch you next time. MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint, a proud part of the AAA Podcast Network.
play with them. <laughs> gentlemen, gentlemen, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> Would you just keep it down a little bit? Why would we do that? Because I didn't order assholes with my whiskey. <laughs> <laughs>